Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Brought to you by the Zen-like Vance in the front of the Ranger. He's he looks like he's meditating. Reflecting. He's reflecting. Okay, great. We have Chris from Lunge and Lures on the speakerphone along with Todd Young. Uh, Chris, there's 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 Todd and Chris right there. Look at that. Um, we uh. We got our guest finally. After like what three weeks of saying we're gonna get one yeah, on. Yeah, we've been saying we're gonna get a guest, but we just haven't done it yet. So busy, we got busy stuff going on around here. We got one. Do you know what would be like just the icing on the cake if you just heard a dial tone, Chris hanging up and yeah. saying, "Screw you guys, you lied." <laughs> we we should start faking the guests. And you just make voices. Yeah, just like in like knock on the neighbor's door, get the kid over here, be like, "Here's you know ten bucks." You know, just say you're uh, Tony Grant. So, like always, FattyZMuskie.com, FattyZMuskie products on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Don't expect anything new. I'm too busy recording podcasts two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's my excuse right now. And probably tomorrow is going to be hot, so mm. I can't post anything. Um, and Todd Young. Oh, yeah, mccfishandguides.com, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Check us out. Uh, we're fishing daily, sometimes double daily with Vance out there filling up some of my slack that I can't take. And uh, he's doing a great job. Get you on some fish, St. Corey Rods, best on earth. And Everybody knows that, right? I, I think that's what... Oh, yeah. says it right on the back of my shirt. Best on earth. Nice. <laughs> Uh, and right before I let Chris do his plugs, I just want to put this out there again. If anybody's interested in advertising or becoming a sponsor of the podcast, please get in touch with us and, uh, we'll work out a deal. We've had some interest, so we're going to see what happens here soon. Chris, Lungeon Lures. Uh, hey, what's going on guys? What up? Hit your plugs, man. Get your plugs. What's you all about? All right, yes. Yeah, Chris P. Lunge Lurs here. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for quite a few years. Represented myself, my wife Carrie, and uh, my good friend and business partner Matt. It's been an exciting year for us. We uh, we introduced the, the new 22 short this year, and it's just been been out of control. A lot of people are having a lot of success on it. Um, you know, we've got your meat and potato spinnerbaits and bucktails that you know I've caught fish all over the world, and uh, it's just been it's been a great year. It's been exciting. Done a lot of fishing this year. Out here in New Jersey, uh, Carrie and I are stationed at McGuire Air Force Base, which is kind of in central New Jersey. And uh, they've been stocking muskies out here for, for about 20 years, and it's kind of the wild, wild west. So uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting year for me, just kind of getting back in the swing of, swing of things of chasing muskie and getting them dialed back in. But it's been fun. I've spent a lot of time on the water, a lot of time testing new products, and uh, just had a heck of a time, you know. Yeah. Now you just awesome. said the wild, wild west. You might be the yeah. furthest east yeah. you can get a muskie with muskies. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe up no, one of them can. Yeah. No, it's true though. Um, <laughs> it's just a different vibe out here. There, there's a lot of bass guys, a lot of multi-species guys, but not necessarily the hardcore following of muskie anglers that I'm used to encountering in the Midwest. You know, I spent a lot of time. Uh, down at Lake Kincaid, and that's where Matt and I kind of cut our teeth and got, you know, got introduced to the muskie industry. Um, you know, I, I met Chad at Operation Muskie, and we became good friends, and, you know, I, I chased fish on Kincaid, but it got a lot of pressure. So 
we were kind of forced to kind of figure it out and learn very quickly if you wanted to have success on the water. Uh, you know, my father took me up to, you know, northern Wisconsin since I was a child. We did a lot of musky fishing in that area. And those are just dynamic fisheries that, that have very educated anglers. And I'm not saying that New Jersey doesn't have educated anglers. It just doesn't have the, the amount of anglers that are chasing musky that the other lakes do that I've fished before. So um, there are days where I'll be on the water where I don't see anyone else throwing musky fish. I mean, how often does that happen with you on Chautauqua Con? Yeah, not very often. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so you mentioned Chad. So you guys, yeah, so Lunge and Lures, I mean, I, I like the history of this stuff, figuring out how yeah. this all came about. Lunge and Lures used to, was, was Chad Kane's bait company, correct? Yeah, so Chad's been in the industry for, for 20 years. You know, he's been a guide, um, you know, he, he spent a lot of time, you know, he, he bought Lungeon in, in 2005 from, from, from one of his friends, Keith Eldreff, who was kind of like a mad scientist. Um, okay. He kind of designed these baits, and then Chad bought it from him, and it kind of ran with it from there. And, and Chad operated the company and the guide service for a long company. He guided in, in southern Illinois at Lake Kincaid, and then he'd go up to Minnesota during the summer and chase big ones up there and just kind of bounce back and forth. Um, in about 2008, Chad had a client that he'd been taking out uh, regularly, um, a guy that, that was a big business guy, and Chad kind of mentioned, hey, you know, lunch was kind of taken off. He wasn't quite sure what to do with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the client at the time, you know, was very business savvy, and he was the one that kind of created musky armor. So Chad uh, yeah. rolled Lungeon underneath musky armor for, for a long time, and this was when John Bronski was the owner of musky armor along with, with Chad. So him and him and Chad, they built an empire. I mean, for those folks that were, were chasing fish in the in the late two thousand, everyone had heard of musky armor. I mean, they had the hat with the with the musky logo. It was it was just cool, you know. It, it, they they came out with um, some some crankbaits and some jerk baits. They had the crushers, the craze, and then they also had yeah. the lunge and lurch one. And so that, this went on for, for quite a few years, and then John, unfortunately, had to go move out to California, and his son was sick, and he just, you know, it was time for him to move on. So he, he sold Musky Armor to a gentleman by the name of Rick Quaid and um, gave luncheon back to Chad. And Chad had been guiding for, the, he was coming up on 20-something years, and his, his daughters were getting older, and his wife, Stephanie, and they, they kind of been doing it for a long time, and he was just, he was wore out. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a tough life. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they see they see fish pictures and they think it's all glory, but grinding it out on the water, you know, you know, five, six, seven days a week, you know, when you have two daughters and you know, and a wife, I mean, that, that's got to be a tough life. So, I met Chad up at Operation Musky in 2008, uh, and it just so happened that I moved down to Southern Illinois to go to school down there, and he guided on Lake Kincaid. So we hit it off. Uh, we stayed in touch, and, and I started learning Lake Kincaid pretty quickly and did really well down there. In fact, when, when Matt and I, the year that we graduated, uh, Matt and I had had the opportunity to fish for the state championship during the IMTT, which we won, which was cool. You know, I mean, it was just like yeah. three years of hard work. I mean, being a veteran and going to college is, is kind of, not to say it's a joke, but it's like a vacation. I mean, I spent four years in the Air Force, at, you know, during that time, I deployed to, to Baghdad, Iraq, you know, I traveled all over the world as a flying crew chief. I did a lot of medevac missions. 
And it's always like humbling and, and you're kind of grounded and centered by the time you get to college. You've kind of grown up, you've matured, you kind of understand what the world's all about. So when someone tells you you only have to go to class twice a day, you're like, okay, so I'm going to go fishing the rest of the time and, and make time for homework. Nice. So back to Chad. Yeah, so back to Chad. So Chad and I hit it off. We, we passed information back and forth. We kept in touch. And then just like one day out of the blue, I was, you know, Karen and I had, had gone back in the Air Force and I was living in California and I called Chad. We were talking on the phone. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about selling lunch and murders. And, you know, I, you know, thought about getting in the industry somehow, some way, someday. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, it would be good for you and Steph and, and the kids. Just do whatever your heart tells you. And, and, you know, family comes first because without your family, everything else is worthless. So, um you know, I, I went for a run. I went for like a five-mile run, and I came back, and I looked at my wife, and she, she knew something was up, because she's like looking at me, and she's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, hmm. You know, I was like, all right. So I just was like, well, Chad, sell the company, and I don't want it. I love these baits. I, you know, I love the spinner baits. I mean, I caught a lot of fish on the nut busters and tandem nut busters, and I just, I had a lot of confidence in the product, and my background's in management and logistics, and I just said, you know what? Let's give this a whirl. And, you know, she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I want to buy the company. So uh, I called Chad and I said, hey, would you be interested in selling it to, to uh, Carrie and I? And he said, of course. So I knew I couldn't do it alone, uh, you know, working full time, you know, working in airports yeah. and in the Air Force. You know, it's, it's definitely more of a lifestyle than a work with both of us being on active duty. I knew I'd need some additional help. So I, I reached out to Matt, my good friend. I mean, the kid, he's practically for his family. I mean, he's my brother. And said, hey, here's here's an opportunity. You know, I can't do this by myself. I'd like for you to kind of jump in and help. And, and he's been a godsend. I mean, the three of us, we all, you know, we, we talk regularly. I mean, Matt and I meet, you know, two times a week, you know, on FaceTime. We do phone calls in it. You know, it's just in, it's, in, it's insane. But we're very passionate about the sport. We're passionate about the people who use the lures. Um, and and, we're, try, and we're, we're continuing a, a legacy of, of, of a great promise. So. That, that's awesome. kind of how Chad and I, yeah, it is. It, it's awesome. We, we enjoy it. Yeah, and, and, and that was my big question. Like, I knew that that, that was all, uh, you know, I wondered what happened to the Crave and the, uh, you know, all those baits. But you say that, that that went out to another company. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the guy by the name of Rick Quaid, he owns a bunch of other companies, small conglomerates. Okay. And he's, he's got his hands in a lot of cookie jars. Uh, but he was the one that bought us musky armor. You still see them at the shows every now and then. You can still get the baits if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're a great bait. I mean, I would I would say that, you know, a, a, you know the, the crushers, the smaller ones, very similar to a tough shed, kind of similar body style, but they catch a lot of fish. I mean, I've yeah. yeah, caught yeah. quite a few fish on them. Uh, they run nice, you know. Yeah, I, I, separate, I just, you know, separate company now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah they kind of... They kind of split, so. Interesting. I had no idea there was that much yeah. back and forth. That's awesome. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I mean, it made for interesting dynamics, but, you know, one thing had been established for a long time. It, you know, it's a proven name in the musty industry, and I think that's what kind of gave us a leg up to start with is, you know, people had confidence in the base. And I think, you know, it, the more time you spend in, in the musty community, um, the more people you talk to, you, you kind of see that, that people have confidence in certain brands, certain baits, uh, certain styles of fishing. And, you know, yeah. Lungeon had kind of crossed that bridge, so it wasn't like we were trying to break into the market. We had already kind of established ourselves. 
And so that has helped, you know, and that was kind of our big hesitation, you know, when, when, when Chad, you know, when not Chad came, but when Chad Harmon and I sat down and, and we talked about, you know, us purchasing, you know, smoking bones from them. Uh, I, I was kind of concerned that it, people were going to be a little bit weary of, of some of the baits that he had, he had, you know, had made and developed. Um, they've been catching a lot of fish in Ohio, but you know, other areas, of the country guys were just starting to get exposed to them. So, uh, I was a little bit worried there, but uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like it worked out for the best, and, and people are finding application for, for those types of baits in other areas of the country. Nice. So that that kind of brings the history up to today. Yeah. Except you left out being the guest on the Fatty Z Muskie podcast. <laughs> That's a yeah, huge milestone. <laughs> it is. It is. That's the next. It's the next big step for London Lures. No, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to give me a call today. No, it's good. I love talking fishing. I mean, it, I'm passionate about it. I, I'm passionate about the sport. I'm passionate about conservation. I'm, con- you know, I'm passionate about education. And I'm just excited that you guys took the time to give me a call this evening and just, where, you know, shoot the ball and talk musky. Where did you like grow up? Like when you were a kid, where where did you? I lived in, I grew up in the burbs of Chicago. Uh, okay. You know, I spent, I spent a majority of my life there. My dad, like I said before, my dad introduced me to the sport. I didn't catch my yeah. first musky until I was 19 years old. Uh, but we had gone musky fishing, you know, one, you know, for a week. You know, we grew up pretty, pretty lower middle class. I could comfortably yeah. say that now. Um, looking back, you know, we, we, we had our one week of vacation a year where we went up to the Eagle River area. We got a very small cabin. Um, you know, we got around in a in the boat that was provided. We brought my grandpa's nine nine Evan Root from, you know, probably nineteen sixty four with us. And we yeah. went up there and captain Yeah, Captain Meadows and, you know, got a lot of contact yeah. with Pike and, you know, I think, you know, looking back, I think I may have hooked a few monkeys but just didn't probably have the right sense of time to figure out what I needed to do. Uh, but yeah, when I was 19 years old, I boated my first fish, and I was hooked. I mean, and there's something about musky fishermen. There's something about the sport that just it, it, it just grabs you. You know, it appeals yeah. to a certain type of people. You know, and it, it speaks volumes to who you are as a person when you look at somebody in the face and you tell them that you you know you pursue musky. I don't know. It's just yeah. it's tough. You know, it's humbling. It, it, it requires a lot of thought, a lot of preparation, and, and not a lot of glory. Uh, but that, that's just that's, that's why I enjoy it, you know. Do you, you, you probably get this a lot, but what's the biggest fish someone's come up to you and said they've caught? Well, you know, I, I don't, I guess, I guess it's probably the quiet anglers. Um, you know, I, there, there's guys in Canada that, that have caught a lot of fish on our base. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fish. So, the, the spinnerbait line. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, the, yeah. the Magnum Nutbusters and the DC-10. You know, yeah. I, I have to throw names around there, but you guys know Mike Lazarus. Yep. Yeah, yeah so my, Mike has been a diehard Lungeon fan for since the inception of the company, and I have clients that will stop by the booth every year with pictures of 57, 58s that, I mean, make a child look small. Um, Mike has been fishing bait, you know, on, on the rivers and, and the systems up there. He's a quiet guy. He's not a big promoter. Um, guys book him for four, five, six days at a time. It takes years to get in with him, but I know he, he throws a, 
a lot of Lundgren blades, um, a lot of Magnum F-Busters and a lot of DC-10, and he's caught a lot of very, very big fish that, that if he were probably to post, the internet would explode. I mean, it, yeah. It's funny you see you, you see the you know you know once once in a while you see a fifty seven you know two or three times a year you see a fish of that caliber, but I I'd be willing to bet that there's there's dozens of fish every year that, that he catches that are that big. I mean he he's a good guy he, he knows those waters well, and you know what's funny Matt called me Matt called me yesterday we were talking um, one of his clients reached out to us because they, they usually do and say hey we need to base before we go out there. And so he spent a week up there with Mike, and he goes, "Yeah, it was a it was a pretty slow week, you know. We 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 got um, a fifty one, a fifty four, and then the last day we got a fifty seven. And Matt was like, well, well, that's slow. Like, company, <laughs> fish with them for four days. And I was like, geez, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's on my that's on my bucket list to go up there and fish with Mike and Matt and I have kind of talked about that, but." Somebody will have to die before we get that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. want that, but but we'd gladly go up there and fish with them. So your California time when you lived out there in California, that was all just uh, uh, work related. All that it was. It was actually, you know, when I com- I commissioned in 2010. Um, just a little, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So I, I originally entered the Air Force in 2003. Uh, I came in as an aircraft maintainer, um, Airman Basic, which is basically the lowest rank you come in enlisted. I was a C5 mechanic for a couple years, and then I uh, got deployed to Baghdad, Iraq. I spent six months in Baghdad, and when I returned, I stood up a new unit on base. It was we just got uh, brand new Boeing T17s, and I became a flying crew chief on those. And I would fly all over the country on that. You know, I'd basically jump on the aircraft and maintain it. You know, every side it, it went. You know, cool. kind of keep it in the air. Yeah, it was cool. It was really neat. I got to travel the world. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of medevac missions, which were very humbling. Uh, you know, yeah. we're talking. It was. It was. You know, 2007. You know, you had the the second. You know, surge was going on in both Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, a, a, a lot of fatalities. A lot of wounded warriors coming home, and, uh, you know, so we, we would do a lot of, you could turn a C-17 into a mobile hospital, so we would pick them up and take them either to line school or, you know, fly them back stateside to Walter Reed, or sometimes if there were burn victims, we'd take them to Brooks Medical Center all the way just in San Antonio, Texas, so I did that for four years, so I was stationed in California at the time, uh, uh, Travis Air Force Base, but I didn't do much fishing, I was still kind of, you know, learning, you know, I would go back home and fish with my dad. Uh, but not, not I, the bug hadn't really got me yet. I still was, you know, kind of figuring out what my hobbies were and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I got out in 2007, went down to Southern, spent three years there. And then in 2010, I came back in and boom, I boomeranged right back to Travis Air Force Base, California. So, but, but by then I'd been fishing like hardcore for muskies and I went through like this deep withdrawal when I first got out there. But <laughs> what was unique is. In the summers down in those southern reservoirs, you, you can't chase muskie because the water temperatures get over 80. Uh, yeah. so you, the delayed mortality rate is, is pretty bad, and you just we just don't fish for them. So I didn't have anything else to do. I went to summer school, so I just started bass fishing, and I got hooked up with our, our university bass team, made a lot of good friends, and, and I had fun fish for bass and, and kind of took a liking to it. But, I mean, it was always second fiddle to chasing, you know, muskies. But when I went to California, I, I really didn't have much of an option the second time but chase bass. But fortunate enough for me, I was within two hours of two of the top ten bass lakes in, in the nation. I had the California Delta and then Clear Lake. 
Um, the Delta was just a juggernaut. I mean, we're talking 1,600 square miles of a tidal fishery that changed on a daily basis. I mean, three tidal swings a day, it was just chew you up and spit you out. I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot. I spent a lot of time out there chasing big bass. I mean, big bass. I mean, I think my best bag out there on five fish was 32 pounds. So, um, nice. yeah, it was it was cool. It was humbling. A lot of tight, you know, tight quarters fishing, big old eight-foot flipping sticks, two-ounce weights, you know, chucking in the mat. Um, frog fish, I mean, I think the biggest frog fish I got there was seven-and-a-half pounds. I, I boat flipped a seven-and-a-half-pounder. I, I don't know how many people can say they've done that, <laughs> but it was just a split decision. <laughs> she was rushing me. And once once she hit the bottom of her deck, I realized how big she was. But yeah, it's just it's crazy, man. It's just it's, it's absolutely insane. But it taught me a lot more. I found like I was worried sick that like when I came back that I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna forget everything I know about musky. But just staying in the game, you know, like keeping an angling mind, like reading water, developing patterns. It it it's the same building blocks that that can apply to any type of fishing, whether you're chasing crop and bluegill, walleye. Monty, you know, whatever it may be, it, it, multi-species ang- anglers, you know, I, I think they, they have an advantage over just the sole, you know, I'm a musky fisherman or I'm a pike yeah. fisherman or I'm a walleye guy. I think that I think that you can learn a lot from, from chasing other predatory fish. No doubt. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think many people started out with just musky, musky fishing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big leap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they My daughter. Yeah, 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 your daughter. <laughs> well, she caught those those whatever wipers with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did start with wipers. Yeah. <clears throat> I, but, I think that, that that pan fishing and bass fishing is a good place to start kids. I mean, that that just kind of helps them kind of develop some of the fundamentals because you know you put a kid out there musky fishing and you know it it, it may. Not, it may not be a good experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the mold here. I am going to take my daughter down South Africa, top water and great whites. There you go. That's what she's oh, gonna go. She's gonna be pulling big seal silhouettes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, that was my dumb joke. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you you fish over in New Jersey. A lot now, right? I mean, that's if you're if you're picking up and saying I'm going fishing, it's over in New Jersey, right? Yeah, it is. There's actually there's only two lakes in the state of New Jersey that you can operate and outboard on, uh, which is kind of weird. But it gets a lot of Guggen traffic in the summer, so I usually peel away from those in the summer. You got Lake Pepecon and then Greenwood, and Greenwood it actually borders New York. The lake is split in half: half the lake's in New York and half the lake is in New Jersey. Monster muskies in both, uh, a little bit more, it's not, the population is there. They don't get targeted very often, but it's, it's not like a Chautauqua, like you guys are. They, you don't see as many small fish, but when they're, when you do contact fish, they're, they're, they're giant. Uh, and then there's a lot of other, there are lakes, there are lakes that are stocked with tigers. I've, I've, I've actually, the first fish I caught in New Jersey was a tiger. Um, I did a lot of research before I came out here. Honestly, you could learn a lot on the internet these days. I, I spent hours pouring over maps and in stocking reports. That was my biggest clue of where to go. Uh, I mean, some of the some of the lakes out here. If, if I, I'm fearful of saying the fish per acre, I, I won't even say it on on the podcast. But I, I was, <laughs> it's a lot more than what people are used to. Uh, 
Um, there's yeah. some phenomenal fisheries out here. Um, and then there's a lot of electric-only lakes, which um, it's just very peaceful. You know, when you don't have to worry about boat traffic, jet skiers, yeah. asshat, you know, cruising by on a tube, you know, 20 feet from your boat with 80 screaming kids, you know, <laughs> bumping some hip-hop shenanigans. Te- it's, it's electronic. Kind of electronic. I mean, I'm serious, though. It's I mean, a- how, many, how many times do you want to chuck a pounder at those guys when they're driving by? It's like... You know, you got you know, you're working out, that way. Yeah, you're working it outside the line and you know, oh, that's my new, you know, I'm gonna come right underneath you, you know. But no, it, it's very peaceful. I fish a lot of electrical only lakes out here and it's just it it just kinda of brings it back to like the old school days when you don't gotta worry about stuff, it's quiet, you know, and you just kinda of fucks around in a trolling motor and you do your thing. I mean, some of the lakes are three, four, five hundred acres and you know, some of them are as small as sixty four. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not big fish in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of trout are stocked in the lakes. Mm. Uh, I know New Jersey has a very aggressive trout stocking program, but I would consider it more the musty feeding program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. And what are, you, what are you fishing out of over there? Uh, I, I run a Ranger V520. It was, it was a boat that I got when I was out in California. Uh, when I moved out there, I had a Nitro NX750. It was only 17 and a half feet. The Delta's gigantic. There, I mean, when I was fishing out there, I mean, there's just, I mean, there'd be flooded, flooded, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, lakes, I guess you can say. Flooded lakes that are, you know, four miles wide. It, and it always is windy out there. I mean, you got, they, they don't call it the Delta breeze for nothing, but it would get jacked. I mean, there'd be four or five footers out there. And I was fishing one day in December, and it got it, it just picked up in the afternoon and got really gnarly. And I had to kind of I was in a protected area and had to make my way home. And my buddy and I swamped the nitro. I thought oh I was going in honestly. I mean, we so there was four and a half five footers out there. I took a couple over the bow, and I was up to my knees in water. And I really, really thought I was going in. I finally we were able to tuck in into a cove and build it and get back to the ramp. And I went home and I told my wife, I was like, I'm buying a bigger boat. And she was like, <laughs> oh, you think you are? And I said, no. I said, I really? I said, honestly. I said, it's a safety thing, honestly. I, I need a bigger boat because I'm going to die out there. Because I'm not going to stop fishing, and, and I'm going to keep going out there. So I can go out there and die fishing out of the metro, or I can go out there and in the boat. When you put it like so that. That's yeah, great. Anybody yeah, that I, wants to buy a bigger boat out there, use that line. Or. Yeah, or, seriously. That's safety <laughs> first. <laughs> I'm not going to quit fishing, but I like no, but I, Can I get a bigger boat? I like, perfect. It is true. I like musky fishing out of a <laughs> out of a bass boat. I know I, I saw some recent threads on the internet about it where guys were kind of bantering back and forth about what's the ideal platform. But for me, I've gotten used to it. I, I could I could make some phenomenal boat side maneuvers on that thing. I mean, I could stretch a figure oh, yeah. eight, almost you know, 18, 19 feet around, not have to worry about. You know, it's not a dual council, it's a single council, and it's got a ton of storage, and it handles it handles rough water really well. I think a lot of guys underestimate, you know, they see a big, deep V boat, and they think, oh, that's what I want when it's, when it's real rough out. But what they don't realize is when they're slamming into waves that are, you know, five or six feet apart is where I can get on top of them and touch across, you know, at 50 miles an hour while they're getting slammed. So I've gotten used to it. It's just what I prefer. What, what do you think of, uh, I, I know Lund is making a bass boat platform out of, out of their Pro V haul, and Ranger just came up with one that wasn't nearly as publicized. It's like a 22-foot boat 
I think they're using the 621 hull, but they're made a bass boat deck in it. Oh, yeah. What, what, what would you, you I, know? I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think it convert, it can, is it like a conversion or, or what's the deal? <clears throat> no, it's, it's a bass boat layout with like the 621 hull. And like one, they basically raised the deck. I fished out of 621 for a night. I just don't like a real big, um, a gun, you know, like that, you know, sometimes on those ones or even on the, um, what's the other one? Um, I'm trying to set my tongue. Other major manufacturer, that one, a little craft. And then you get the skeeters. That's what I was trying to think of skeeters. They've got those, those gunnels that are like almost eight to 10 inches long, you know, and I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't. I, it just doesn't work for me. And it seems like it's very compartmentalized. We're on a bass boat. Look, it's all one flat surface for you to pitch. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so. obviously you can't do it now, but check out Lund has one. I, I, I mean, it was a big, on Muskie first, you know, probably a couple, three, four, five months ago, that was a big thing was Lund came out with, it, it, it's a, I wish I remembered the name. I didn't think I'd be talking about it today or I would have looked it up. But they, they took their Pro V haul and made a bass boat platform on it. Is it glass? No, it's it's their Pro V aluminum. And then um I don't know how aluminum <clears throat> would handle in those big waves with a bass platform and stuff, you know. But I, it's I don't know it, if it, I feel it's sick. the same depth. I mean they just took that instead of having their Pro V layout. Right. They raised brought all the. Uh, they just raised the raised bed. all the floors. They made the little cockpit for like like how the bass guys have their. You like sit down in it. You, you kind of sit down in it and. I, I, yeah, I'm looking at one right now online. <laughs> it looks interesting. I I mean I I like the idea. I just don't know if a deep hole is necessary. Uh, not you know I God forbid that one is sitting on. Are going to listen to this podcast? But mm. what? Why would you? Why would? Why would you want more, more hull if it's not needed? I don't. I don't know. They, but Mer, uh, whatever that Ranger, they have one based off of. I think it's the hull of a six twenty one. It's like almost twenty two feet long, and it's a it's a bass boat. If you're looking at it right, if you're looking at Lunds, pull up uh, um, Ranger, and I think it's in their bass boat thing. They have it like I forget what it is. A five twenty D. D means deep. Mm. And it's 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 like they're okay. it's, it's a deep V bass boat, which is kind of uh, the hybrid, you know. Because <clears throat> I fished muskies out of a bass boat, but it was my it was my friend's Ranger, mm. and it was the nice. Twenty two D. That's probably it. Oh my god! Yeah, that looks crazy. It it sits a little higher than a bass boat, but I guess it's you know on I guess yeah. on really big waves, I guess big water. I, I think their selling point with with those kind of hybrid models is that if you do get into some really nasty waves you yeah. you can still fish comfortably instead of going <laughs> submersible yeah no i mean i can see a boat like this working good you know on st Clair or some of the great lakes some of the northern new york lakes where i mean we're talking miles of open water um, yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it, it's basically, like you mentioned, it, it, it's on the 520 platform. It's, it's the exact same thing, but it's just got a massive hole. It's deep. Yeah. I'm seeing it right now, too. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's just a deep V-haul with a raised back and front casting platform. Yeah, because... I'm always afraid of, I'm always afraid doing, doing my trips of somebody stepping right off into the water. Because they 
Vance knows. Oh, they, God. These, 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 these new people set the hook and the rod's up over the head and they start walking backwards. <laughs> I, I just say when they fall in, you'd be like, you just walk the plank. <laughs> I think I think the first thing the first yeah. the first the first yeah that's the first thing I start saying. That's the first thing I start saying is down down. Think Coy, do not float. And that's what I'm going. If if somebody goes in the water. I'm I'm looking for that rod first. Sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'll come up because nature lets you'll, you. You'll come up. I'm... Yeah, rods can't swim. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I I like I was fishing out of that bass boat. It was an older Ranger. I think it was like a 354. You know, it was it was nice. It was great to fish cast out of. But you know, this guy was a a a bass fisherman. So I'm like musky fishing out of a bass boat and we would never troll so i never realized how cumbersome it is mm -hmm. to troll out of essentially a bass boat platform until i fished one I day i actually have a i've got a trolling set up on mine i i reached out to a guy up in canada by the name of dave uh like i forget what the name of his company is but he, he built me a custom setup that attaches you know those decorative like rails that are pretty standard on the back of the rangers yeah. Right near the motor. There's yeah. usually three rails. Yeah. Yeah, I had him. Oh, Trojan Tackle, that's the name of the company. I had him build me a custom setup for it because I knew we could do CNC work, and I, there was no way in hell I was going to drill into my top cap. Like, I love my feet, but I don't love them that much. I'm not drilling in my freaking top cap. So I tried <laughs> to figure out how to do this, and I was looking at those rails, and they were they were mounted hardcore in there. And I'm like, I, I need to expand, you know, I I can't. I don't like holding the rod and trolling. That's no fun. I mean, it'll wear you out. You're not. You're not fishing effectively. I mean, I know it's you, you know. Spend out here with trying to troll six rods. It's hard to hold six. Yeah, rods. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not an effective way to fish. And I'm, I'm a big efficiency guy, especially with the, and the logistics background. It just it doesn't make sense long term. So I reached out to Dave and I said, Hey, what? What? Can you do some CNC for me? And he said, Yeah. And I said, Okay, let's. Let's build this thing. So I actually have, I, I can run four rods on the Ranger. Um, I'll run, it, I'll run the, the outboard for about an hour. I'll pull them up and then go hammer it. Just, just clean out the carbon, make sure everything's good, you know, run from one end of the lake to back, you know, just so I don't get the injectors, you know, dumped up. But I haven't had any issues with it so far, and it works really well. What motor do you have? It's just an option. What's that? What motor are you running? I got an Evan Reed Tech 250. Sick. I bet you your boat goes really fast. You know, it does. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, <laughs> it does. I, I, the fact that I had gone with seventy and it still had, oh it still had five, it still had five hundred RPMs left in it, and I just, I, I, I've taken a lot of chances in my life. Some, you know, smart chance, you know, some smart, some not so smart, but. I just, I don't need to go that fast. Even on a Delta, I mean, I'd, be, I'd run 20, 30, 40, 50 miles a day out there. And some, you know, I'd cruise around normally 4,500 RPM, 55 to 60 miles an hour. Oh, but yeah, that's 30, slow. Maybe 65, but there's no, there's no reason to go 70 miles, 75 miles an hour on the water. No, there is. There, really is. there is. It's because you can. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, just you lose a lot of handling at that point, and I just 
it's a little bit uncomfortable. But she's walking, you know, you never walk. Everybody knows the walk where your butt, you know, swinging side to side, you know, and that nose is just humming back and forth. Mm. I mean, it's cool, but I don't like to do it all the time, you know. Handling schmandling. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got six inches of prop in the water and doing 70 miles an hour, six inches off the deck. That's, that's I don't know. I take, like I said, I take a lot of risks, but yeah, I do it every once in a while, but not often. I'm scared, scared doing 50 out of the back of the boat. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if, if you know, but Vance has a, you want to tell him about your boat or you want me to do it? I have nothing good to say. He has, the, he, he has a Alumacraft 205 competitor tiller with a 200 horse Verado. So, oh, so he's holding on to 200 with his hand. <laughs> I'm bouncing back there. I, I think I'm going to go like, you know, ass over 10 cups one day. It, it's, fr- it's freaky out there. 50, 50 low yeah. 50s is fast enough. Me and Andy tuned that thing in. I, I think we can get like one or two more miles an we hour can get out of more. it. Yeah, we can get more out of it. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to anymore. I was doing a lot of testing and 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 I was doing a lot of testing before the musky season opened up. And and then you know after that that opener and once that lake gets like some traffic on it and how that wind starts blowing normally what we're fishing up there it I I can't ever go that fast and I was just like screw it. I'm 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 comfortable with this, you know. Handling schmandling. Handling schmandling. Handling <laughs> safety. <laughs> safety. <laughs> Love it. Ah, that sounds like a fun rig, man. Very, yeah, fu- very nice. fun. Rig. I'm very fortunate. Very blessed to to do. I mean, I don't I don't spend my money on anything else. I mean, people are like, "Ooh, nice boat." I'm like, "Yeah, but." You all have like kids and hobbies and you know other things. I I just fish. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I do. Mm. <laughs> Work and fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Gosh, love it, love so it. You're coming back out here to Chautauqua here. Are you going to give I, me a ride? You know, <laughs> I will. I, you, I, I will have to charge you though. It's a lot of you know when we're going seventy miles an hour. I, I only get about uh, a mile a gallon, so <laughs> you'll have to get a ticket to get. Okay, so if I throw you two dollars and fifty cents, you'll take me a mile. Yeah, two two miles. I will take you one mile, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll swim it's home half- because that's all I can afford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I, Carrie and I went up to Chicago last year. It was you know we again we moved out to the East Coast about a year ago. And, you know, I'd always heard about the, the fishery up there, and it was one of those things I think we got to get up there. And she was a little hesitant. She's like, how far is it? What are we doing? Where are we staying? So, you know, we found a nice place. Um, I don't have a map in front of me. What, what's the point that's literally right in the middle? The, the town that's right in the middle where Bemis. the next town is? Bemis. Bemis Point. Yeah, Bemis. That's what it was. We stayed right there in Bemis um, at a nice little house. It was actually... Uh, it was like a freaking like three car garage that had like a like a um, what do they call it like a mother in law suite upstairs had two bedrooms yeah. it was beautiful with lake access right there where you know a dock and everything so um, you know we went up there we spent four days and it, it was beautiful I, I love it it was it was a great trip we had some great fishing too we had just dialed in the twenty twos so I was still kind of messing around with those uh, you know there was a good trolling bite but there was a phenomenal casting bite as well so. Um, yeah, I took out some of the bigger blades early to see, you know, I'm used to those big blades in the summer, and I actually found that 
I, I did really well on our DCAs. I had one color in particular, it floats green. I mean, I don't care. I'll say it out loud. Man, I just I kicked their ass on out there for, for four days straight. And so they, I think those perch, I saw a lot of stunted perch uh, when I went up into the shallows, a lot of those, you know, six to eight-inch perch, and I was mm-hmm. flying around, darting everywhere. And, you know, I was throwing, like, some brighter stuff, and I'm like, I started rifling through my box, and my wife is just kind of looking at me. She's like, what are you looking for now? And you got 18 baits on the deck, and, you know, I come in a lot of water in the first day. I said, I need something that looks like a perch. And, you know, she's like, well, you know, traditional perch, you know, are bright colors, but the perch out there, Todd, they're, they're more black and green, correct? Yeah, very, very, very definite bars on those yeah, know, black bars, very bars. green. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, the Wisconsin, you know, and some of the, you know, some of the other waters that fish, those perch are a lot brighter. So, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of traditional, you know, fire tigers and stuff like that. But then I, I found that I, I, we, we came out with a, a you know, a, a couple different versions of Floage Green, and I found one in my box that, that looked, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, that's it. And no joke, I pulled up on a spot, you know, this was the first day, and, and tossed it out there on the third cast, I hung up 44. I mean, she was just thick as all be oozing. and I, I, it shocked me. I was just like, oh, wow, you know, net, um, you know, got her in the net, and you know, I was just like, okay, you're, you know, Cherry looked at me, she's like, okay, can we go do some other stuff now? You caught a musty, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out, you know. What were you guys so, gonna go do? Yeah. I mean, what did you do? Because you probably stopped I don't know shopping. What to do, you know, whatever girls want to do. I don't know. Go see. Like the song, they want to have fun. <laughs> Shop some ice cream. You're spending enough on the boat and all the lures and the. Lures. Yeah, I know. I know. You know. You know. I got to keep her happy. Yeah, I got it down to a science though. Like keeping her on the boat. I hope she's going to listen to things. She's going to kill me. So, all right. Well, the other listeners can take better from it. No, seriously, I got it down to a science, right? So. She'll go out in the morning, like, she'll bring her nook, and she'll leave for a little bit, you know, she can handle that. Like, midday, I'll roll around, and I'm like, okay, all right, I got to feed her. So, I, you know, we sit down, take a little break, and, you know, chat it up. We, I got to feed her, right? So, we, we have food, and then normally, if we're on a big, you know, big body of water where I can operate uh, outboard, I've got a, um, I've got a, a ski tire on my boat. So, I'll whip her around a net and for like an hour, just wear her ass out, you know? And then, boom, as soon as she gets back in the boat, I'm handing her a cocktail. I mean, like, instantaneously giving her some, some alcoholic beverages so that she, she gets comfortable. Now she's happy. Now she's a little bit tired. You know, she's got a little bit of food in her. Now she's got a little alcohol. And guess what? It's time for the evening bite. Okay? It's time for the evening bite. All right? So that, that once you transition to the evening, what you got to do is you got to keep the alcohol flowing in that direction, okay? And you look a little dry, like, no, I'm good. No, I'm going to get a little bit more. Did you just make that up, or do you practice what you preach? It sounds like you no, practice, I practice what I preach. <laughs> I've learned over the years. Happy life, happy life, man, for real. So, yeah, I got to keep her out there, man. <laughs> Who fishes for four hours? I don't understand this concept, you know? My buddy, my buddy's got a girlfriend, and like her idea is like they'll go out for an hour or two, and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 you can't do that. You're gonna have to get another girlfriend. <laughs> Andy. You're, you're, That's yeah, me. Andy, you're going to have to try the tube thing in the in the liquor. Well, no, the problem is I can't get my wife to come with me, so it's 
that's what I got is four yeah. hours. So any uh, yeah, do you have any any suggestions on how to get the wife going in the first place? Well, you got you got you got to let it know up front. Like when Carrie and I first started dating, I mean, she she kind of asked a few questions, and I just pretty much told her to take it or leave it. I mean, I this, fishing was in our wedding vows. I don't know that many people that, that put fishing in their wedding vows. <laughs> well, we're gonna need to fact check you on that. I love it. So, no, I'm serious. Yes, you can confirm. So, I'm telling you, like, guys, you just got to be at fun with them. You got to lay it out. Like, this is the deal. Like, I am a fisherman. I like to fish. It's what keeps, you know, it's what keeps me centered. I love it. You know, it's a part of a healthy relationship that's keeping both parties happy. Now, do I fish every weekend like I want to? No. Um, You know, but look, I mean, we spend a lot of time apart, though, too. I mean, she's deployed four times now. And she's a pilot, so she's on the road all the time, too. So there's long stints where she'll be gone, I mean, four or five months at a time. And all I do is just binge fish. You know how, like, some people stay home and binge watch Netflix? Well, I binge fish, okay? I go out, you know, I fish all weekend, and then I go to work to recuperate, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, with the ladies, so, I mean, you just got to be up front with them. You know, it's, it is a compromise. I mean, I, I wish I could fish every weekend. That's just the way I'm wired, but... You know, family obligations come first. You know, we, her her father lives pretty near here, so we go spend time with him and, and mix it up. So when I do go, I get a full kitchen pass. You know, none of this partial stuff. You know, it's like, so I'm going. I'm going. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you at 11 o'clock at night when I get home. <laughs> Love it. Now, what's your advice for someone with two young children that's building a house well, and working see, a full-time job? <laughs> And a yeah, small part-time business. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't started a family yet. Keyword there, yet. I think I think it will change a little bit. I, I think, yeah, it's going to have a change. So yeah. uh, time will become more. But, you know, as the kids get older, you know, your passions hopefully become their passions. And I know that always isn't the blueprint, but, you know, I, I would be blessed if, you know, if, our future children someday, you know, share the same passions for the outdoors and fishing that we do, and we could spend time bonding. I mean, everyone, I don't know. I mean, Todd, did you fish with your dad when you were growing up? Oh, yes, my dad, my grandpa. Andy? Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. mostly farm pond and stuff. We, You know, we never really had a... I only remember going out on a lake two times. My dad had like a 14, 12, 14-foot rowboat, and he had a little 9-9 Johnson that... I really only seen run one time and it was on Edinburgh Lake. And I just remember being in the front of the bow. He got it up on plane and I was just king of the world, probably doing 12 miles an hour around the lake. Oh, it's awesome. And then I remember one time going on the yeah. and he just had the oars and he was yeah. rowing us around. But other than that, it's just farm pond stuff that was, yeah, you guys hunted. Yeah. You guys bit were bigger into hunting, but yeah, that was my, yeah, I, you know, so I'm really like, the first one in the family to have any kind of serious fishing boats. Mm-hmm. Not that a 14, 12, 14 foot boat isn't a serious fishing boat, but I think you understand what I'm talking. Major electronics and. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I, you know, I think that's the thing with me too. I mean, my dad was, you know, I mean, my grandfather fished, my dad fished and he passed that trade on to me. And I think a lot of us, you know, whether, whatever species that we choose to pursue, whether we bat, musky, or whatever, you know, I think we all kind of shared that passion, you know, with with someone we love, you know, like your your father or, or you know an uncle or a, a grandfather that took you. And those are some of the fondest memories I have, 
you know. That's what's kind of special about the, about the sport. You know, you get to get out there and spend time with folks like that. So that, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's really about, you know, spend quality time. You know, quality time with the with the familia. <laughs> you, know, you know, Chris, you definitely brought it up. I mean, you got to let it out in the open at the beginning. You know, when I started dating my wife, we got engaged in the middle of Chautauqua Lake. Uh, <laughs> with these, uh, trolling, trolling down the lake. We came up here for the weekend. That's when we got engaged. But I was involved in fishing, and I said, "This is what you're going to get. This is this is what I do." You know, the guiding business was small at that time, but, you know, we were doing tournaments, and, uh, I mean, it, you know, it was actually really cool because we, uh, you know, I was doing, like, little local tournaments with Muskies Inc. and stuff, and we did, she didn't even know where I was going when we were dating. Uh, she just knew I was going to a tournament, and we were doing the PMTT also, and, uh, you know, we went to, actually, I, you know, Chicago, the Fox Channel Lakes. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no we, we, yeah. We did a tournament there in 2001, and uh, you know, I called her after the tournament, and I said, "Hey, Meg, we're going to be a little bit. You know, I'm going to come home late. We were still dating at the time, but we were going to close our house because we were engaged. We were going to close on the house. I said, "I'll be home for the closing, but you know, you know, we won the tournament." And she didn't know. She didn't. I don't even know if she knew really where I was. I was like, "Yeah, you know, we're closing on the house," and she's like. Well, well, you know, how'd the tournament go? Oh, you know, it went pretty good. I said, you know, we won. Dale and I won the tournament. She was like, oh, that's, you know, that's neat. Sometimes you, you know, local tournaments, you win a couple hundred dollars or a fishing rod or real. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, well, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's great. What did you guys win? I was like, oh, we won like, you know, $16,500. <laughs> you know, we're splitting yeah. the money. And she was like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm bringing home like eight grand. So all that money we have saved for this deposit on the home, I can replace it. You know, we just won eight. You know, I just won eight eight thousand dollars. Yeah, it was, but she, she knew what she was getting into. That's the big thing. And I had, yeah, yeah I, I think I dated a lot of girls before that that didn't understand that, and. Uh, that's all the further it went. A few dates. <laughs> a few dates. Did she fish with you too? Does she like yeah, fish? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she she likes to go and read and 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 do stuff. We went to Canada one time, and she did more of that kind of stuff. Uh, now we're more into taking my daughter out and banging fifties. You know, mm. Anything she catches, anything that hits, I just take her trolling. My daughter's only seven, and uh, yeah. She's already banged some big ones. <laughs> Love it. Carrie will recreation. Carrie's actually she's a phenomenal. She she's a good angler. She she won't do it for long stretches though. Like she'll come out, she'll yeah. fish for a couple hours and be good. Um, she's you know I had her on the Delta. She's she's wicked with a drop shot rig in her hand, and that girl can finesse fish. She's you know I I put her up against some of the best flippers that I know, and she can hang with them as far as pitching a bait into some heavy cover. She's really good at that. And she started to must fish a little bit when we came out here. She did a little bit with me here or there, but didn't really, you know, stick to it. And and last year she caught her first musty. Uh, it was nice. freaking hilarious. We, we were out of lake, and uh, I'm good friends with John uh, Kislewski of Lake Explorers, and I think I mean he makes a you know phenomenal product, and it's something easy, you know, for for a novice angler to throw. Like, hey, 
cats that's out there reeled in. I mean, it's a top yeah. number base. Yeah. You, you can't really you, you can't really mess it up too much. And Carrie was chucking, uh, you know, a Doctor Evil all day, and it was one of those. It was like towards the end of end of spring, early summer. The water temperatures were in you know the mid seventies, but it was overcast and like foggy, and it was like. It was just like the perfect conditions, and I knew, I knew, I was carrying this is a special day. Like you don't get this often, and when this happens, like there's gonna, there's gonna be a big fish. Uh, so I moved a big one early in the day on a on a DC nine. I had her come around. I mean, it was upper forties, uh, you know. And then I went into another spot, and I caught a, uh, I caught a forty six myself on a uh, on an LT nine, just a single, you know, number nine blade, you know, fairly benign color, but. You know, it was just like, bam, I banged one. It was like, okay, we're good. And I carried kept casting. and said, I'm, I'm about done with this. I'm like, babe, stick with it. I'm telling you, if you put that down, I am going to pick it up and throw it, and I'm going to catch a fish. And I think that was just enough to like, keep her going. And not, not 10 minutes later, uh, I had a fish came up, and it wasn't a, like a huge, you know, explosion. It just, you know, slipped off. You know, and those are the ones where you're like, oh, geez, what do we got mm-hmm. here? And she set the hook. I saw her set the hook. I saw her eat it. And I looked over, and she, no joke, this was the first words out of her mouth. I think it's a bass. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, yo, right, you know. I, that's <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that's a bass, uh-huh. So I, I was like, I immediately, I was like, okay, baby, I just keep reeling. Like, I knew what was going on. I went, and I, I had to net my hands. like, why are you standing next to me with the net? It's just a bass. I'm like, just keep reeling. You're doing good. And she got that thing the next to the boat. I mean, it was. It was the thickest 46-inch musky I've ever seen. Wow. I mean, this thing wow. was oozing. It was huge. And she's like, oh, it's a musky. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Huh? You know? <laughs> oh, wow. I knew. I knew it was a big fish. And, you know, I took one run to the boat. She did good. She lifted up, and I netted it. And I don't know. If you, I'll send you guys the pic when I'm done. But she's a pretty tiny girl, and she's sitting there. I mean, she's five foot nothing, 100 and mm. nothing. And she's holding this one. I mean, it just looks gigantic. So... So, yeah, she was hooked. I mean, that was it. You know, she, she did good. She liked to troll, too. Uh, that's something, you know, because she, she's good at piloting. You know, she obviously she flies, a, you know, an aircraft. So, I, when we were up in Chicago, we were talking about keeping the girls involved. I, I had a hunch that, you know, she might like trolling. So, I, I put her on. I said, drive. Here's what we need to do. I need you to stay on these these, these banks. I, I got an Onyx 10, so it's pretty user-friendly. It's big for her to see. And I said, I want you to stay from this depth to this depth and just go back and forth. You know, here's how to block out all the other, um, you know, all the other depths. So you can just get that nice green line, you know, from these depths here. I want you to keep the boat here. Okay. And she went, what do you want? How fast do you want me to go? Go three, eight to four, five. You can mix it up a little bit. doesn't matter. Okay. And she was dialed in, man. She was on that grass. She was on that, you know, steer. She was happy as can be. And she caught a couple of fish. I got the real, I got the real in the fish that she caught. That's the key to life. Just find yes, it. Yes, sir. Vance's lady has caught some nice fish. Oh, yeah. And, and seen some nice fish. Yeah, she has. She... Yeah, so, so we're all getting involved. Everybody is. There. Yeah, Vance someone is. someone's lagging behind, but yeah, we're all doing it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you, did it, you did it before the kids. We, I will admit, that was the, the case. I was probably fishing two to three days a week, 
Now, my days were a little different. I was wedging them in, short trips. But, you know, I was doing, you know, maybe 12 hours of fishing a week. And, you know, the first kid come along, and that came to a screeching halt. Second <laughs> kid put it on, you know. 12 hours a year? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> continents drifted, you know, further than, than the hours that I fished. And, uh Next, I keep. I told Vance last year. Next year's my. Next year will be easier. I'll be fishing more. Well, no, that's not the case. Yeah, uh, yeah. You said that. You said next year's the year. Here's next year. Here's next year. But the big thing I didn't count for was breaking ground on a house. Yeah. And that's killing me, time wise. And but so next year. Next year. We're gonna find out if you know. We're gonna be doing podcast year number two, and I'm gonna. Hey, you remember podcast number fifty four? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I lied. <laughs> we're gonna push it back a year yeah the year after that you know and then pretty soon well when the kids graduate college i'll be able to do something mm. so but, uh, that, that just tells me one thing though andy it sounds like you got your priorities straight so i uh-huh. I, I i tend to be a responsible individual so you know yeah, that's good so yeah, you can't push it too hard with the kids and the women you know my daughter my, my wife it was just her and i you know, five, six hours, that's all, you know, you had to shorten the day. You had to do that. Now my daughter is just like, let's just go catch one. And we catch one. She reels it in. She's like, okay, I want to go swimming now. And that's what I do. <laughs> I reel the baits in, and we go swimming. You know, we go back to the pool and swim, and yeah. But you just got to, you can't, you can't push the envelope. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. What was it, Todd? You remember? This is kind of like this is, goes back to archery hunting. But remember that day that I called you and I, I, I was all like, I just saw the biggest buck of my life, and mm-hmm. I, I got him on camera like the next morning. So I actually mm-hmm. proved it. Do you remember what I named that deer? Was that Matrix? No, that was the year after. The, that that deer was named CSA. Because in order oh, yeah. for me to shoot that buck, it would cost me child support and alimony. I love it. And I never got that buck. So that's something you got to keep in mind: is that a deer or or a muskie is not worth child support and alimony. I love it. So good to have balance. I mean, we we all got passions, but you know, we kind of go through stages. You know, it's like you got to keep the priorities in mind, but. You know, just like Andy, you know, I know, I know you, you make a quality product. And Todd, you've been you've been grinding it out in the industry for, for quite a few years. It, it definitely takes balance. You know, it's one thing that not a lot of people see. You know, it, it's kind of like the quiet thing behind the scenes. But you know, when people with the internet these days, I mean, even like you know, social media, people are getting you know fish pictures shoved in their face all day. You know, it's like oh, you know, they don't they don't see the behind the scenes what goes into it. No, and, uh, no. you know, there, there's some good folks in this industry that, that you know, that I, I found myself surrounded by, like you guys, you know, that, that share the same character, the same passion, the same drive, um, you know, have the same morals. And I think that that's kind of the, the folks that, that I like to kind of surround myself with. They kind of do it for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, the, the, you know, there's, the, with how small the musky community really is, there's no room for someone who's just a shyster. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get exposed real quick. You, you know, you just, you got to, if you're not in it, you know, it. very few people are making their living selling musky baits and, and, and living well, the a, high it's life. A, it's a, yeah, it's a niche market. I mean, yep. it really is. I mean, when you, very, I mean, it really, 
it is a very niche, and, and it it takes a special kind of person to chase chase musty. Um, you know, I mean, fast is king. You know, I mean, I mean, you've got you know so many different other species, and and musty just takes a, a small a small piece of it. So yeah, there aren't a lot of guys that are doing it full time. Um, you know, I would say nearly all the friends that I have, I mean, they have another job. I mean, yeah. I can't name but two people or two or three people I know in the industry that that's, that's all they do is, is you know, produce musky baits or guide full-time. I mean, I think, I think people forget, you know, it's, it's not as glorious or as, you know, financially stable as people may think. Yeah, and, and that, that keeps the passion alive, you know, for, for the innovation and just, you know, making a quality product is that, you know, if you're kind of doing this borderline hobby and, you know, you look at your tax returns and you're like, you almost ask, is it worth it? <laughs> but you just, you know, you keep doing it anyway. Like, you know, in my case, yeah. I don't have much time to go fishing, but I can always scrape together just a little bit of time every day, almost every day to go out and, and work on baits a little bit more, mm-hmm. get a little bit more done. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, Vance has been in my, in my boat more than you have. And this last year than I probably ever have <laughs> since I've owned the boat. <laughs> Cause I, I'm not in the boat when I'm doing the podcast. I mean, it's, just, it's tough. I mean, I know Andy, you know, I mean, where it's like, You've got demand for a product, and you have to, you know, like we were talking about balancing a family, you know, when you're balancing a business as well. It's like you, you have to make not per- personal sacrifices, but it's one of those things. It's like, well, I got into this thing, but it, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. I mean, when uh, one person, you know, sends you a picture, let's just say anonymous, sends somebody a picture of a musky and says, "Hey, I caught this on your bait. Hmm. Uh, please don't tell anybody where who caught it or where they caught it." <laughs> you get those emails too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's, that's, you never know. Seriously, though, it, it's 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 rewarding. That's what makes the grind worthwhile. You know, you can put fire in people's eyes. At the fish shows are like the most like some people like hate the shows. They're like, oh my gosh, it's just it's a lot of work. And that that's where I get whole, man. That's where I fill up my gas tank to last me through the year. It's where I get to interact with the customers. I get to hear the musty stories. I get to see the smiles on their faces when they come in with a bait that's chewed to hell. And I'm like, I gotta have this. I caught this many monkeys on it. I got a heavy state. And you're like, yeah, I got it. It's right here. Let me build that for you. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, when you get the younger kids that are in there and, you know, you get all walks of life, you know, it's just, that's what keeps me going, you know, and it's very similar to the air force. I mean, the, the officer life is, is a little bit different. Um, you know, I hadn't served in both, you know, the enlisted corps and the officer corps. You know, I, I, I don't ever really get to get my hand dirty anymore. I, I don't turn wrenches on airplanes. I manage people. I manage processes. I lead, you know, the, the most important part being the last part, lead. And those those personal interactions are, are what get you through the day, you know. Um, that's what keeps you going. It's like when somebody, when, when you make a difference, you know, whether it's, whether, whether it being, you know, someone calls you or sends you a picture saying, hey, I caught this big musty and they got a big smile on their face. That's what it's all about, man. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. Now, now what goes on with the London? I mean, you guys, are, are you guys sitting there making these spinner baits at your house? Well, we, we do all the, we, we kind of split the thing. So when, when we bought Smoking Bones, I took that and I, I, I immediately molded it. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. you know, it's a bait that, you know, Jack had a great thing, but, you know, I was like, 
I saw something and one thing that, that he said that he really that wished he could improve on was the consistency of the base. And yeah, the only, the only way to do that was to mold it. Yeah. yeah, you get different densities, and he was actually making them out of PVC. Um, yeah. So, you know, you get different densities, you know, you stand a little yep. bit different, a little, you know, thicker epoxy here or there. It, it, the variations are, you know, there's a lot larger variation scale. And I saw it, and, and I knew that I could probably mold it and produce a, you know, more consistent base, yeah. you know. We, we mold the 22s. In fact, we're in the process of, I just got a, the first batch of Chad Sheds. They're sitting downstairs on my desk right now. Um, I, I sent them out to Chad. He put one of them together, jumped in the lake and, and ran it for, for a couple hours. And, you know, he said, hey, this thing's spot on. So we're going to do some more field testing with the Chad, with the Chad Sheds. But that was the other, there was three baits that, that Chad was producing at the time, the 22 short Chad Shed and the 22 Madden. So this is the next in line for us. So, We'll have it out for the shows next year. It's another, it's a, it's another great, um, it's another great crankbait. The 22 short, I think, excels, you know, on a troll. Uh, you know, a lot more people are getting the trolling. You, you see, with in Wisconsin, the trolling laws just changed, so guys are out there. I mean, you have the PMC team in Eagle River, and two of the top five teams were, were caught all with fish trolling. You know, so in fact, you know, um, Clayton Heller, he's a Marine veteran, so I know him well. He's on a pro staff. He took fit last week, and he caught all of his fish on 22 shorts. So, you know, as that aperture opens up, when you know, they do well casting. They're a good casting bait, but a little bit mm-hmm. narrower window for the casting bite on the 22s, you know, early spring, but then you can troll them all year round. Whereas the Chad Chad, it's, it's got a bigger profile. I mean, you can cast this thing all year, all year long and make in, in contact fish, but also on the troll, I'll be, I, I will tell this to everybody I encounter at the shows or whatnot. If you troll this bait, it's not going to get fit as much as the 22. I'll tell you that right up front. But I promise you this. When that rod goes off, you better have your camera ready. You better have your camera ready because it's going to be a big one. They, I don't know what it is when, when I run a spread of them, of the 22s and the chat shed. If that chat shed rod goes off, it's 40 inches plus. Every fucking time. Oops, sorry. Every every time. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's a big fish. I don't know what it is. It just it triggers the bigger fish. So yeah, we're excited and we'll be doing some testing with those. So yeah, that that manufacturing process is you know you know we mold them, set them off the paint, and then we, we distribute. Now as far as the bucktails and the spinners, every one of those we we touch. We touch yeah, every yeah. single one. Yep, yep, we do. And eventually, could we outsource shore? But, you know, Matt and I, we've worked through our manufacturing process. We've got it, you know, I'm a half, you know, I'm a, a lean Six Sigma, you know, ninja warrior when it comes to process management. <laughs> we, we, I, I'm serious. It's just, it's, it's yeah, just part of yeah. my everyday life. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time working on that process. We've got it slimmed down. We're very efficient. And, you know, we, we, we pre build a lot more. So, you know, we'll, we'll carry some stock into the year where, you know, I'll spend, Couple of weeks in the winter, just building baits, building baits, yeah. building baits, building baits. Are you, are you, yeah, you know that drag at the show? Oh yeah, yeah. We did show customs. A lot of guys, you know, they'll have like an idea in their head, or they'll see a bait, and we don't yeah. have the exact, you know, bait. So, and we could, you know, with silicone skirts, we could do, you know, anything you want. I mean, we've got, yeah. you know, yeah. we carry 150 different colors. You know, and, you know, with our hybrid series, we have a little bit of flash boost, so you can really play on those contrasts. So, yeah, we do a lot of customs at the shows for customers, and, and they catch a lot of fish, you know. Some guys yeah. know they're like, better. I mean, Matt and I, and, you know, I reach out every year. 
what we do is I reach out to all my pro staff and we, we sit down. I mean, it's, it's, it's a progressive process where we, you know, we talk about, you know, what colors are, are hot, what colors you want to play with, you know, what are some successes, and we go from there. And that's how – and I don't just come up with, like, hey, here's a cool color. Let's call that yeah. a show custom. No, I, I will put it in somebody's hand and have them fish it and make sure that the fish will actually eat it before I, I put my name on it. That's just me personally. I don't know what other people do, but um, it has to catch fish. Because ultimately, if it doesn't catch fish, then it's not – it doesn't carry any value in people's boats. Um, you know, I think that the bucktail and spinnerbait market is, is a pretty saturated market. I'd say more on the bucktail market side now than the spinnerbait. Um, so mm-hmm. it comes down to a personal choice. You know, what do you have confidence in? You know, do you want to, you know, is it a flashaboo? Is it a high-end marabou bait? Is it, is it a chintzy, you know, two ninety nine spinnerbait from Walmart? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Whatever you have confidence in, go out there and sell because you're probably going to fish it more effectively. Love it, man. I remember, <clears throat> gosh, what year was that? That would have been, you guys won't even answer that because you don't even know where I'm going with this. So let, let me think. Todd, what year did we go to the Chicago show? 2013, 2014? Yeah, I was going to say 13 or 14. That's the first time I met you guys. And I think, when did you purchase the business? Uh, we were at, we our first show season was in 2013. Yeah, was it that, that Harper was, College in, in in Chicago? Yeah, that that was we did the last Harper show in Chicago. That was our first show. Okay, because first yeah. show that Matt and I we were we were right across from you as an angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I had an empty remember. booth next to us, so we could stretch our legs for how not busy we were. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy man. I mean, what a just. Whoo. I mean, you would just. That place was nuts. I mean, it was a very small venue, and they packed a lot of people in there. Yeah, that was. It was you know it, it was kind of a neat thing you know, not a lot of people there were looking for jerk baits. They were looking for blades. Yeah, yeah. Again, it, it just depends on in, in certain areas. I mean, you see that too now. I mean, and you, you travel different areas and you get different bites. I mean. People in Pennsylvania tend to buy more. I find that, you know, the crankbait market is, is, does very well, but if you go into yeah. northern Wisconsin and the crankbait market is not so hot, or you go to Ohio, and if you don't have a crankbait, you might as well just stay at home. Um, you know, the jerkbaits do well there too, but, you know, that, that's just their style, their, their style of the fishing. It all depends on, you know, the type of waters and, you know, whatever, whatever. So. Um, you know, bucktails and spinnerbaits, that's a staple for a lot of the Midwest guys. I mean, they, yeah. they, they work. They flat out catch fish. Oh, uh, yeah. And then the Southern Reservoirs, the Southern Reservoirs, I mean, the spinnerbaits are king. I mean, I can't tell you the number of fish that I've caught on, on spinnerbaits down there. And I, I fished, before I even bought lunch, and I fished every single spinnerbait on the market. There's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, but I, I really, I love the, the, the tandem nut buster. That was my favorite lure. I caught more muskies on Lake Kincaid on a tandem nut buster than any other lure that, that sat in my tackle box. So, um, but that, that's not the case in New Jersey. I, I find out here that they, I caught fish on tandem nut busters, sure. Um, but I find that they, they respond better to bucket. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, Todd, what, what do you think? What's it like at Chautauqua? 
I mean, yeah, I know I, mean, been, I got a lot of clients up there that, that catch fish on spinnerbaits, but but yeah. you know, tend to yeah. Yeah, but the, you know, that's going to test this. I mean, you opening day, there's like three or four boats you see casting. There's like thirty trolling. Trolling. You know, it's like a lot of the guys come from Ohio. They're fishing here. But, I mean, trolling is the king around here. There's not that many people uh, that cast for them. That's why I, you know, partly why I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same as in, 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 in Ohio is that way, too. You know, those guys yeah. are, I mean, it's a trolling crowd. You know, you, yeah. when you, we, we watch it at the shows. You know, you come to the show at uh, the Muskie Max. In, in Cranberry Township in, in you know, just, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, the same guys that are selling out with all these casting baits at one show, when they go there, they do not have a good show because it's just a different crowd. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more yeah. trolling. I mean, these, these people grew up trolling. That's what they do. Yeah, I, 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 I can talk to people, and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, you guys got seven today. Yeah, we, yeah, we got seven fish today. All casting, and they're like, "Tell me, oh more really? Oh boy, yeah." And they it's go the back best. out, and you put your six rods out each side of the boat, or you know, eight, you know, three rods each side of the boat, and run your six rods, and it's like they can't reel all those poles in and take the chance of just casting one lure. You know, that's yeah. what happens around here. Yeah. It's trolling. Yeah, for me, people I mean, troll. Yeah, I mean, I got educated on trolling real quick. I went up to, Carrie and I went up to Georgian Bay with Leo of Blue Water Base last year, and I got just, it was like an immersion program on trolling, and I learned a lot really quickly. I mean, we spent four days on Georgia Bay, and I learned a lot. In fact, that's what I knew. I mean, for me, I primarily cast. I really didn't have a trolling mm-hmm. background, but it's something you could add into repertoire. You know, if you want to develop yeah. as an angler, you, you've got, I mean, dude, Todd. It's midday, you know, on Lake Chautauqua on a, you know, post funnel bit, uh, and yeah. you got clients in the boat, and you haven't yeah. seen a single fish casting all morning. You got, you can look at them and tell that they're hungry and they want to relax yeah. a little bit. Do you just go park the boat, or do you hang a couple yeah. lines out and stroll around and feed them? I mean, that, I mean yeah. what makes sense? What's the most, what's yeah. the smart move there? It, it, you know, it happened today. I two guys, they're avid musky guys. They've been that way for 30 years, and, uh, you know, we casted the first couple hours. They uh, they both looked and said, "Okay, we're done. Let's go trolling." Okay, let's go trolling. Fired up the big motor, took them where I wanted to go for trolling, and uh, we uh, you know we had the fish hit on the on the one pole, and there the one guy's reeling in. He 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 thought it was still on there. It wasn't. At the same time, one hit the other pole. The other guy grabbed it, and he reeled it in, and we ended up getting neither of the fish, but we had two fish on. We, you know, we ended up boating another one. But we almost had a, yeah. you know, I thought I thought we were going to get a double, and it turned into nothing. Mm. But, you know, we ended up yeah. getting another fish. But, uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, troll around here trolling. You know, there's 22 shorts, like you said, that's your, that's your bait now. And, uh, yeah. you know, those guys just troll. I mean, we, everybody around here trolls first. And cast second. It's a totally different. There's like a split. It's it yeah. kind of, of, you know, it, it, it kind of zigzags around Lake St. Clair where they catch them both ways. 
a lot, but you're still the trolling guys. I mean, you can't compete. <laughs> you just can't no, I compete. think I think that there's times when when you could cover more water effectively. In fact, I mean, I went I went fishing, you know, with my my father, you know, on a on a system the other day, and we were actually trolling bucktails. I mean, it was a bucktail bite yeah. on, and yeah. we didn't get bit, but my dad was like. What do you mean, trolling bucktails? I'm like, Dad, I can come in this stretch of the river and an hour, and we can we can hit every nook and cranny in an hour as opposed to casting this all. You know, put yep. your rods out, grab a sandwich, let's go. You know, and when I when I go to, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I go to Canada, which you know, you go once a year, you go to your same spot. My first couple days, I troll. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll troll different weed edges. I'll troll different things. And, you know, you see where, you know, oh, yeah. you know they both work together. So, you know, at the end of a couple of days, I can say, okay, we had like five or six hits along this one weed edge here. Let's go cast there. Yep. yep. And then you go in there and cast, and then you pick it apart. And that's when you can really get into the fish. I mean, if, if anybody that's not using trolling, and part of their thing is absolutely, positively, 100% guaranteed missing out. There's just no doubt. Yeah, about it. yeah. You can yeah, hear the learn, learn a lake. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm an efficiency guy. So, you know, when it comes down to it, it's just, I, I, I find myself, I, how efficient am I being right now? You know what I mean? Like, I can mm-hmm. cast and I can keep my blade, you know, I can cover a lot of water. I'm a power fisherman at heart. That's who I am. Chris Pia is a power fisherman. I've developed yeah. my finesse game, you know, over the last, you know, five to six years, you know, mainly at, because I fished with Matt. Matt, that guy is probably one of the best glide bait fishermen I've ever met in my entire life. And that guy can fish rubber like nobody ever. But he pushed me, you know, like there were times yeah. where we were fishing together and I was getting all the action, but there were times where he was getting all the action and I, I had to I had to change my game. You know, how efficient am I being right now? Is there a chance that I'm not contacting active fish right now? Possibly. But more than likely, if that fish is going to move, it's going to move on like a finesse pool. And there are days, like, you know, like I mentioned, like where I will look around and just say, dude, it ain't happening right now. Let's go try something that they probably pulled off to follow yeah. on that, you know, that first break, or sometimes they're even pulled off on the secondary break where you got to really push it down, run the rise, you know, run the lines down a little bit deeper. But those are fish. That at the end of the day, when you come home from a trip or a three-day weekend or a four-day weekend, and you're talking to your buddies, and, you know, you say, well, did you guys catch any fish? If you would have stayed camping, probably wouldn't have happened. But if you would have tried something yeah. different, pushed it, and kept developing that pattern, well, guess what? Now you've had a successful trip. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, all tools to the toolbox. You know, whether it's a bait or yeah. a technique or, you know, I call it the TTPs, the techniques, tactics, and procedures, you know. What are you using out there to, to be effective and efficient on the water? How are you developing that body? How are you how are you keying in on, on what those fish are telling you? And and like you said, your your primary method is the troll first. I'm the exact opposite. I love to turn my trolling motor on ninety and go look at everything. I will take my spinnerbaiter bucktail and bury it into the first set of weeds when I come up on this spot. I literally will let it sink and just rip it and reel it in. And I'll take a look at those weeds and go, What do we got here? Oh, milfoil, oh, cabbage, oh, a little bit of a draw, okay. You know, yeah. and then, you know, what, two days later, you're like, holy crap, man, they are just buried in this hydrilla. Why well, yeah. not five other spots that had this crap on it? Because you took the time to go look, you know? 
That's why the local guys always do well because they, they stay on that pattern. They've developed. They've, they've learned the lake. So, like, when something starts to happen on one side of the lake, they're like, oh, oh, I know where we can go. I know it's just like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It, you know what? It may not happen. It may not happen on that first or second spot. But that third spot you roll up on, boom, there's yeah. three active fish. And now, now, boom. You're on. You guys yeah. laugh because you know it's true, though. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You're passionate. That's all I can say. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love the punch I, in the I, bucktail I, yeah. through the weeds. I'm, I apologize. It's just anything I do, I just I pack it with, with, with bigger. I don't know. It's just the, kind of the way I'm wired. I, you know, my, I should polish them. My dad, I grew up, my dad was a, a football coach, and he coached D1, D2, D3. Um, you know, so I, I learned to walk on a football field. He also coaches track. So I was surrounded by the right type of people that were, were motivated and passionate about what they did. You know, I apply that to, you know, whether it be musky fishing, uh, the fishing industry or, or the air force. And I just, that's just kind of the way I am. <laughs> that helps. With the, uh, Hey, Hey Todd, yesterday when we did that podcast, I, we, we, we left a lot of details out on that last trolling fish I caught. Do you yeah. want to tell the story from your perspective to give the details? Because this kind of fits in real good with Chris. Of your trolling fish? The last one that I caught. Remember we were reminiscing about the last one I caught and he was with me and you at Woodcock? Oh, yeah. And we wanted to save the details okay. because we were anticipating Chris to be on. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell well, the story? Had, yeah, I'll tell it real quick. Andy had some 22 short... Uh, the originals. Prototypes. I mean, like the original, the first batch. I got, you know, I, I got four you know, of I them. Traded him some baits or something. Or I, you know, I, I, trading There's never any trading of baits. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah, is this is with Chad. Yeah. This is with Chad. Yeah, with, with, with Chad. Like you know, a few years ago when he first made the bait, and uh, oh, yeah. we went to this small lake around here, and and. Uh, we went to try the bait, and we went to try the Project Active, you know, our okay. our little thing that we do. And, uh, uh, yeah, we were trolling. Down. It, uh, it happened right away. Instantly. You know, we went out, and, it, you know, like instantly. We went out, we got some baits out, and he puts it to it. He, 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 he said, I'm going to try these little baits. And uh, we put them out. We were trolling down to one side of the lake, and, and, and uh I don't even know. Well, we hardly even had all the lines out. I don't think we had all the lines out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we did either. And I heard a, you know, I was like, Andy, fish, grab it, grab it. There's a fish. And Andy's running around the boat back and forth. They're like, where? <laughs> it's, just on, it's on that back one right there. Andy's not much of a troller. But, but Todd's <laughs> like, you got to. Everybody knows that from yesterday's story. I can story. tell when I'm sitting in my seat when I hear one little click of the reel. It's like the back left corner just. Made a click. Uh, I think I think something just hit it, or you know, there's a weed on it, or <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. But I was like, "There's a fish." He literally was so close, pointing to the rod, that he almost grabbed it for me. Oh my! Yeah, I'm like, Andy, it's right there. There's a fish. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't even hear it. And he he pictures the rod, and he's reeling in, and we caught a. Uh, eh. Now be generous. Yeah, we caught a like a two foot musky. Uh, wow! 
<laughs> it barely it clicked the reel. It was, it was probably one of the first ones ever caught on a fucking shorts. Because they were you brand know, new. He made them, he sent them to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. A musky's a musky, though. Like, a musky's a musky, yeah. 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 I mean, it, just to contact one and, and catch one, it, people, I think we, we're getting kind of, I feel bad because, well, there's certain lakes out there that will remain nameless that have big fish, and a lot yeah. of people do a very good job of marketing. And yep. it's just, there's not a lot, there's, it's a very small percentage of the population of fish that grow to that size, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think that we, it's not to say that the expectation shouldn't be to catch that big a fish, but I, I'll be honest. I, I, I can count on one finger how many fish over 50 I've caught. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. realistically, yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. That, that's it. I mean, I've, I've gone up to Lake of the Woods since I, you know, since 2008, since Operation Muskie, I've gone back every year. This was the first year I, I didn't get a chance to go Actually, two years in a row. Um, last year, because Carrie and I moved right in the middle of the summer out here, and then this year, um, Carrie just got back from her, her deployment. And, you know, again, priorities. So, um, spending time with her. But, yeah, I mean, there's just a two-foot musky. That's a good thing. You call them musky. <laughs> you know? You call a musky. They would cheat something. Seriously, you know? I mean, but, yeah, they, they those point two, they, they try to do a track to a lot of fish. I mean, a lot of big fish, a lot of small fish, they just, I don't know what it is, man. It's, it's that, that wander, the, the rattle. Um, you know, I, I had the guy, there's a guy that guys on Green Bay, his name's Kevin Fishkey. He's a good guy, he's a firefighter, and you know, he does a lot of musky trips, but he also knows that uh, Jason down south, the guys on Cape Run, Jason Ritchie. I think they, they oh, went out one day. They were, yeah, yeah, so they're, they're fishing. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were out there all day. Kevin made a trip down to Cape Ron, and they had been casting all day. And I ain't seen crap, you know. And no joke, this, this is this. You can't make this crap up. So, so Kevin's like, hey, you know, Chris, you know, his Air Force guy's good. You know, we you know, gave him some base around at Green Bay. You know, did, did well on this year. I want to try one of these. So he literally grabs a, a Sunrise, um, which is like a, a yellow and orange twenty-two short. And uh, Jason's like, yeah, I've heard about those. Yeah, I heard they do it pretty good. He's like, I'll just give it a try. Literally takes one cast out there, gets two clanks in, and, and hung, like, the thickest, you know, you know those cave run pre-spawn fish. It was like a 46-inch just blob of thorns on its first cast. <laughs> you know, I was like, I can't promise that with every lure, but, yeah, you know, they, they do have that. They, they do do that from time to time. So, yeah, so, yeah they, they, they've been good. They don't catch a lot of fish. And well, you know what? If they catch, you know, a, a two-foot muskie or a four-foot muskie, yeah. You still accomplish something for the day. All, all the baits, all the lakes are different. You know, I, I have people call, call about a trip up here to Chautauqua, and, you know, they're Internet people. They're watching everything. Say, okay, so I, I looked at your site. I did all this. Like, okay, so what, what's the average size of your fish? Like 50 inches average? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One out of every 250 of them are that big. So, I mean, these fish aren't, you, know, you just don't catch them 50 inches. That's a big number here, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he said, well, how big are those ones on your on your site? How big are all those pictures? I said, a lot of those are 45s and 46s and 43s and 48s. And he's like, well, maybe I'd be more excited 
than I think I would if I caught like a 42. And I'm like, you probably would be. And ask me if, if, if it matters anything that, okay. How big it is, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. We had 42 grabs the rafter on the pause right there by the boat. Yeah, about well, rips the freaking rod out of your hand, yeah. and you have you, you feel that 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 warm pee is going down your leg, and you're not <laughs> sure what just happened. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll be excited. You'll probably be excited with a thirty, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, that, but you know that that's the bottom line. It's musky fishing. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, it's just you know it's hard. Like you mentioned, I mean, social media. I mean, there's there's a lot of good folks that do a lot of good marketing and it's not that the, the bar has been raised but it's just the extent of information that's disseminated and the amount I, I would say that I almost I don't know what do you think you think that that there's more pressure and more people fishing that's why more big fish are being caught or is it just what yeah. we're hearing about more big fish what do you think yeah, I, I think there's just more fish, more big fish being caught on certain bodies of water. I know we're talking about the same bodies of water, but you know, something nature's going to take care of that. Do you think so? Hell yeah. I mean, you can only have so many of these giant predators swimming around. It did a few years ago. You know, I used to fish Lake X for a long time, and uh, they had. VHS disease came in there and did all, you know, wipe, you know, wipe a ton of fish out. Everybody's numbers went to a third for a couple of years. They came back. You can only have so many of these predator fish in some of these big bodies of water. Something's yeah, going to happen. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you can't compete. I tell people all the time, you know, you can't compete with, with, with what's happening there, but you know, a lot of people are probably going to be disappointed someday. Yeah. Something will happen. Yeah, not can't, it, can't stay. Our, our lake's big. Yeah, I, I, Chautauqua, Chautauqua Lake had a big kill-off with, 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 with Red Spot in the 80s, and you see it bad. It's, you know, some years we see it bad, and a lot of those fish die. It happens at Pilot Tuning Lake. It happens at up where we go in Canada. You know, it's at the core of the lake chain. Once the population gets so big, nature takes care of the population. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's evolution, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can't have all these giant muskies or small muskies eating everything, you know? Nature takes care of it. Uh, but you got to take advantage of it when you can. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I, I, I don't mess yeah. anybody. You know, anyone that's passionate mm-hmm. about the sport and wants mm-hmm. to go out and target those big fish, I mean, go for it. Uh, yep. I do think, though, it has set a little bit of an unrealistic expectation for a lot of folks in the industry. You know, yeah, I think that's one thing. Definitely. And I, it, I'm going to cross a bridge here. Maybe I'm going too far. But it, I think some of it has to do with generational expectations, too. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I... You know, not to knock newer generations or older. I think it's it's something that's been happening in history for thousands of years. You know, one generation yeah. thinks that they're better than the rest. But I think with with the spread of information, with what you're seeing, I think it, it kind of it kind of sets. And that's why I made it a point. I mean, catching a two foot muskie that's an accomplishment, <laughs> and, and you should be proud of that. A muskie is a muskie. 
I mean, if I go out there and I catch one thirty-two inch musky, I I've achieved I've achieved something today. I'm just I'm happy. I'm pleased with that. Just because it it is an accomplishment. It really is. I mean, it's a low density fish. It's a predator fish. It's an apex. You know, it's the top of the food chain, and to contact a fish like that and put it in the boat successfully, you've accomplished something. Whether it's a thirty-two inch musky or a fifty inch musky, that's it. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, now I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I get this question a lot. <clears throat> and Chris, you're okay. kind of you're kind of a bass guy, you know. Rod and reel combos. How many do you have in your boat that you fish muskies with? I um, well, I could probably walk downstairs in my garage for bass or for musk. For for, for musky, because I, I I get questions, you know, almost weekly. What combo do you use for this? Or can you describe your setups for, for certain tactics? I sure, just sure. I have well I've got I've got four trolling rods that I use. I use two heavier and two lighter trolling rods, just depending on the size of bait and how much bend I want to put. You don't have to spend a lot of money on trolling rods. I mean my trolling rod, I, I have yet to spend over a hundred dollars on my trolling rod. Okay. Perfect. So you know, I've got four trolling setups. And then for casting, I'm kind of a rod snob, but, again, go back to my background in logistics management efficiency. <laughs> I, I I love St. Clair's. I mean, they're, they're, they're the top of the line. I mean, they're absolutely the top of the line rod. And when I'm on the water, I want to be comfortable. And they make me comfortable. I do have a CI rod. I've got a Tackle Industries rod as a backup rod. It's a extra heavy. It's a great all-purpose rod that I can hand my wife, or if you know, if one rod goes down throughout the day, I can use that as a backup. But I have one, two, three, four. Oh gosh, I've got a big nasty. I've got two top and tails, a sling blade, and a jerk. Um, so that's five. And then I have a TI, so I've got six. Six casting rods. You um, skipped over the rods that all of us use. <clears throat> We, yeah. All three of us have... What techniques... Yeah, yeah. Back to those techniques, tactics, and procedures. What are you trying to do? And do you want to wear yourself out, or do you want to do it more effectively? And that's what it comes down to. I can go through and tell you what I do with all my rods. I mean, if you're interested, I, I, is that something you're looking for? Well, no, it was just, you know, I, I was curious. I, I used to kind of be a rod snob, too, and, and, and kind of have this rod does this this one will never touch this bait and then finally after i stepped on so many rods having a smaller boat i just said screw it i'm, I'm going to one <laughs> and that way i won't step on it because it's in my hands and uh I, I was just you know yeah. you, you have that you have a really big boat and you know lengthwise and so i, I you know I was, I was curious because you know uh, i recently got a, a question on what do you use for this bait? And I'm, I'm kind of go along with. So um, before I answer, you know, get which to that. Bait, what, which bait were they asking about? They were asking about uh, jerk baits, and. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on what style of jerk bait. So I have this, the St. Croix rod to jerk, and I, honestly, I, six, nine, I I use know. that rod for two things. I use it for eight and ten inch shakes, and I use it for walk the dog lures. And a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say I walk the dog, but like an 8-inch or 10-inch weagle, I can snap that thing so hard to get it to walk. It's spitting water. It's loud. It's obnoxious. 
I can make a lot of noise with the 10 inch top one with that thing. The short stuff. I mean, it's a pool cue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like a seven and a half foot freaking pool cue. You know, you could swing it. I mean, it's like, it's a freaking two by four. Um, <laughs> other than that, that, you know, it's funny. I was fishing with John Kislewski, you know, from Lake Explorers just this weekend. And he was using his for, um, glide baits. And I was like, John, I was like, how in the heck are you fishing a glide bait on that thing? He's like, well, I like to work it real rat, real short. I'm like, well, I have a much different approach to it. But, it, it, you know, I learned something. I was like, okay, I guess you can do that. I was like, let me show you what I, I throw them on my top and tail. Um, I throw your fat AZ on my top and tail. I could really, that rod loads up nice. You know, it's got a real soft tip where I can get that, that bait kind of gliding, you know, get in a nice cadence with it where I can control the movement. Um, you know, for my bigger blades of rubber, the big nasty. In fact, I had I had my hands on one of you know I, I I'm terrible. What the green rods, Todd? What 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 line is that? The, the Legend Elite? Is that what they're calling them? Yeah, yeah, yes. Dude, I was fishing a Legend Elite this weekend, and I think I'm going to sell my big nasty because it was. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness! I mean, my big nasty. I mean, that is a light rod. I mean, it is a well-built, very light rod. It caught the line. But once I touched that Legend of Leaf, I, I was like, I'm ruined for life. So, um, yeah, I was burning DC-9s, man. I had I, I used a Lexa combo and the, the high speed, you know, that 400. It's a little bit bigger, but it's not as big as a train. And you could burn those tails. I mean, we were fishing a lot of shallower water where the fish were moving up on weeds or rocks or whatever to feed. And, you know, you're burning tails, and that, that thing was just nice. I use the the, um, the sling blade. I'll cast um, our Nutbuster Juniors, a tandem Nutbusters, DCA, smaller bucktails, um, top water, some bigger top water prop type base, you know, Lake X, like, you know, whether it be a, um, a fat bastard or a Dr. Evil, I could really get in a good, you know, good hook set with that. And then, like I said, I got two top and tails because I'll fish traps. You know, I, I, I'll admit I fish traps in the spring because uh, we can target free spawn fish. You know, a lot of the, the Wisconsin, Minnesota guys, they can't free spawn fish. That's one thing. Yeah. Do you guys have a postseason for muskie in New York? No. Yeah. New York, New York yeah. you do. In New York, full we season? do. Yeah. A closed. Oh, oh, I thought I said a full season. Day. Pennsylvania doesn't. In, in, in Jersey, we don't. In Jersey, yeah. it doesn't close. Yeah. So, I... I, I I tried to, you know, I attempted, you know, to apply some of my southern reservoir tactics. So, I mean, even when I was down south, I fished a lot of traps on my, on my, uh, what am I calling it? On my top and tail. It just loads up nice. It's, it's a whippy rod that loads up nice, mm. and you're not going to rip the hooks out of the mouth. Um, you know, and that's just, it's a good all-purpose. I'll throw small bucktails on there, too. Um, you know, so I, you kind of got the full spectrum, you know. And, and you know, if, if guys, you know, I guess the question guys have to ask themselves, or if they're on a limited budget or, or whatnot, is what method do you prefer to fish? You know, if you're going to invest money, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's St. Clair. I'm not on no pro staff. I paid full price for that crap, but I got no problem doing it. I love supporting American companies, <laughs> you know? St. Clair folks are great. Um, so, you know, it's like, you know, I'll pay my dues, but I'm on the water, you know, two days or one, at least one day a weekend, so I'm, I'm willing to do it. Uh, but what, you know, what, what technique are you trying to do? What, what's your primary method of covering water? If they say, hey, it's a jerkbait, well, then you should probably buy a jerkbait rod if that's what you're looking to do. Yeah, the, you know, I, I, I made mention that you, you have all these LTs, but you skip the one that Vance, Todd, and I all use for Raptors. We use the big dog for it. What's that? 
We use the big dog. I, I, I really. We I love it. Big dog. Yeah, I like. I enjoy. Tell that. me why. Because it just it, it's stout. I, stout. I like stiff. It's perfect. It yeah, <laughs> that's the band stout, stiff, and perfect. It does. It's got to be. It's got to be stiff for that initial pull on that jerk. It it, it would almost kind of be like a longer jerk. Yeah. Pop pop. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly where my mind went when you said that. I you're getting a longer pull. That so when 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 I'm pulling, I'm pulling what seven feet. But when you're pulling, you're probably pulling what nine feet. It's an eight yeah. six rod, so it's a little bit yeah. a little bit more. And uh, but you yeah. know the, it, I, I can speak for myself pretty much. You know, I use that. I bought uh, the first year the tranks came out. A guy put one up used on eBay and I picked it up for like a hundred bucks off and I've been using that high speed tranks since then. And I, that's the, uh, that's the only rod and reel I use, you know, I used to yeah, have a, a classic hands, jerk. Man, that, that thing, Too that's short like for me. the Volkswagen Beetle in your hand, man. It's, <laughs> I can't, I can't put a tranks in my little shatley hands of mine. It's just, mm-hmm. I get cramps and I, I can't, I mean, Alexa, Alexa 400 for me is, it, it could be uncomfortable at times. The strength, I, I'd have to use two hands. <laughs> I have to use two hands. <laughs> you know? I, for I, Vance and I are using. I have, I, I have a 400, but I sort of like the 300. I like the 300. I just <laughs> yeah, bought I, a new 300. I love you can go, oh, man. Those 300s are nice. Yeah. I, I have a brand new one all, sitting all right next to me. Yeah, we just we just spooled up two new 300 eight to eight one to ones. What is it? Thirty seven inches of turn. Yep, they're sick. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's picking up a lot of lines. So Andy, I'm going to ask you a question. We're doing, we're jerking, you know, picking up lines. Andy, yeah. Since we're talking, since we're talking about the the jerk bait, you know, I'm I'm fairly new to the Raptor, you know, but I I like it. I've heard people caught fish on it, and anonymous may have submitted a few pictures on the bait. <laughs> <laughs> so. The way that, that, that I, I, I mean, what I'm doing is I'm just pulling that thing. You know, I will start at the top and pull all the way down, pause, and then I catch up my slack and then pull, catch up my slack, pull. Is, yeah. that, is that kind of you guys, what you guys are doing? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually going and diagonally. I'm, I'm kind of pulling across my body and down. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm across body okay. and down. So you're not just, you're not, ver- yeah, you're not running in vertical. You're running it at like a 90. Yeah, but if you're. If you're using that jerk, which is a shorter rod, your pulls are probably going to be better straight up and down. I used to use that jerk. No, I used the I used the, the top and tail. Oh, you do okay. Yeah, well, I mean, with that lo- that longer rod, I'm. I think we all three of us are either cross body or open faced at an angle downward towards the waterline. Yeah, I'm 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 going across body in, in the. Pretty much the only reason is I feel like I got a, a power, more powerful swing, and should the fish hit, okay. I can. I'm already doing that motion anyway. I can set the hook cross body, and that, but th- you know that's the efficiency, and uh, of just yeah. I'm doing that motion all day, and all I got to do is just do a quick hard snap and put a little more into it than I normally would. Mm-hmm. But it's a big thing. Like, you know, all, my, all my clients during the day, like gotta guys snap are jerking, it. and they jerk. And then sometimes that, you know, as the day goes on, they're like jerking at 45 degrees to their body and they're pulling the back. I'm like, 
point that rod back to the jerk bait. Crank up all the slack, point it right at the jerk bait. Pull back to the 45 degree angle, and then reel off the slack again. But that way, when you do the pull, you still have somewhere to, you know, set the hook. You've got somewhere to go. Yeah, because that's usually, they hit it on the tongs. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, they hit it. We just, you, you, know, you know, you were, oh, we're, we're saying I mean, pull. Yeah, I want to. Those things step out, too. Oh, my goodness. On that pause. Oh. I mean, that bait almost does a ninth. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of got to be like a snap pull. We're saying pull, it, it, you you got to snap it. If you're jerk baiting, any jerk bait in the industry, it, you 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 kind of got to snap that thing. You know, uh, it's yeah. not it's not like a slow pull if you're l using rubber and going over a hump or jigging and or pulling in open water and whatnot. When you're using a jerk bait, you kind of got to be violent with that snap, and you got to be on top of getting that slack line. You know, you, you, you got to be on top of picking up your slack line, and then you got to jerk it and snap it again. That's why it's called a jerk bait. It's not a pull bait. If you're pulling it, you, you know, the, the people that get hits are the people that are working it the hardest, that are giving it that snap yeah. Yeah. and snap and snap yeah. and snap okay. and snap and pause. Snap, I had a guy pause, snap, two days pause. Ago, did four, one guy did four fish. The other guy got never had a hit. One guy went like four for six. The, that, that was the difference. Yeah. yeah. The other guy in the back of the boat was like, well, you know, what am I doing wrong? It's like, give me that pop. Bam. You know, yeah. You yeah, I'm looking how for long are you guys strikes? How long are you guys pausing that thing for? Well, when it's calm, you can pause it a long time. I think when it's I, I what we deal with up here, it's like. I hear some chuckles. I hear yeah. some chuckles I, in the back. I paused, one, I paused one for a good, like, six count the other day, and I was like, man, I know something's underneath there. And I kind of, like, looked down, checked my phone. And look back at the bait and just wham, fish crushed it. Yeah. Was, was I on the phone with you? <laughs> uh, yeah. You, uh, How about that one? Vince? That one. Remember yeah. last year that one? I, I felt one buffalo. And I, oh, there was one right there, and I went pop, pop, pop. Yeah. You and I were both staring at the lure, and it was just sitting there. With oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were just like ah, oh, oh, slow motion. motion. Both of us were standing there looking. That thing was just sitting there, sat there, sat there. Boom! That fish hit it. I was like, I got him. I, I thought I did get him. That's what happened. I was on the I was on the phone with Andy, and I like screamed like I just got shot. He did because the uh, you know the fish surprised me, and I kept saying like I was like, How did I miss that? I was fish? like, How did I miss that fish? I have no idea. It was like you know when you're walking down the steps in the morning and you kind of like you slip up because you think a step's there, but it's really not. It's dark or something like that. I, I went through the motions, and I was just like, what? I set the hook, the thing, you where, know, the mouth was open and hit it. What the where's, hell? Where's my muskie? Yeah, it just, like, like <laughs> vanished. It was magic. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it all depends, you know. It, but, what, the fish, what, what the fish are doing that day. You, sometimes I just let it sit there for a little bit, and... You know, if they're lethargic, sometimes they just come out of nowhere, and that's the difference with that, with that pause. It's just they're staring at it, and they're like, "All right, it's chilling. Might move again. I'm gonna hit it right now." It's yeah. a, it's a long pause. Yeah. That's a nice thing about them. They stayed, they they stayed down. You know, in that strike. Oh zone. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. No, no line. Andy, Andy, Andy got to see that. Remember last year when we were fishing the day you got your. How many did you catch? Five? I got five that day with you. Yeah, that one day we got five. I had about 
three fish had hit that day when I was like, I would just jerk halfway in and I was reaching down, playing with the thing for my trolling motor. Boom, they just nailed it while I was just sitting down there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it makes for great adjustments. Yeah, the biggest thing that I see, like, when, when I take some, some new people out, and I'm not even, I'm talking, you know, with a room here with two guides in here, so it's like I take, like, one person out every three years, um, <laughs> is I, I try to tell them to reel the slack up and have it pull the tip forward. Not to let any slack yeah. line. That's that's a big thing yeah. that I see guys do. Mm-hmm. Is don't yeah. you know? I use the you, reel. You guys are hammering it though. When you put that when that rod fell down, you guys are hammering it. Snap, snap, big snap. You snap, snap, snap with snap, bad intentions. Snap. Oh snap! You got to snap with bad intentions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the guy that ran the fish this year in our life. Yeah, and I'll right. keep that in mind when I come up the river. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty crisp out there. I'm doing it. pretty good. <laughs> and if, if, if you're angry, you'll, you'll catch more fish. Yeah, you've got to yeah, be okay. snapping with bad intentions. That the other day, he was like, he turned around and talked to me. He, he, he finally got one hit. I said, guys, you got to snap these things harder. And, uh, he, he caught a fish, and he turned around and said to his dad, he said, uh, Dad, I, I, w- I was, like, pulling his heart almost as hard as I could. <laughs> his dad did it, like, one cast. And it was sitting there right by the boat. Boom, fish grabbed it, jumped out of the water. And the dad didn't catch the fish, but he's like, oh, that worked. But then the next cast, he put one out. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it wears on you. You almost got to get, yeah, like... I was like, Keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to change face. <laughs> yeah. I want to change face. Yeah. Yeah. So I but, had those conversations in the boat where somebody, you know, it'll be quiet and then all of a sudden you get a little action. They're like, well, I want to try something else. I'm like, all right, why don't you hand me that bait and you can try something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, what what kind of what kind of line do you use? You know, what what leaders because. I'm sure you don't ever get asked that question. Uh, for what are we talking here? Bucktail, spinnerbait? A- any, I mean, anything. I mean, uh, my answer is just as, as simple as what I say I use for a rod. It's one one setup for everything. I didn't yeah. know if... No, you... I mean, for, yeah, for the for the spinnerbaits and bucktails, it's pretty standard. I, I use all self-tackle. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that make their own stuff, not knocking them. I think there's a lot of, you know, good folks, but I, I know John well, and uh, he's a good supporter of the industry, and he makes a quality product. So I use 80 to 100-pound fluorocarbon leader for any type of spinnerbait or bucktail. When I get into the topwater realm or, or glide bait realm, I use a wire leader. In fact, John uh, from Lake X, I, all of his baits I always run on a wire leader. They just they sound crazy. Uh, they sound good with a you know with a fluorocarbon leader they, they do all right but man you pop on a, a wire leader and it, it's a game changer so dragon glide bait are you talking oh, yeah. straight wire straight wire leader straight wire straight yeah. wire baby straight wire <laughs> uh, straight fact, wire if, baby with the with the 22s i'll run the 22s on a straight wire leader when it gets tough and i i think they they naturally will wander but they wander harder on that wire leader. Have I caught fish on fluorocarbon meters with, with the 22s? Yes. Have I caught them with the chat chads on the, on the regular fluorocarbon? Yes. 
But when I tie in those water leaders, I just have a little bit more confidence in what they're doing down there because it's such a small bait. I mean, you know, you're, you're almost killing the action. So um, I, I always recommend if guys have the time or money to invest in it, pick up a few water leaders. They, they will outperform any day. I usually get the longer ones because anytime you're trolling, you know how those fish tend to get wrapped up in crap. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I haven't had any break off to this day. So, yeah, that, that pretty much covers the spectrum as far as trolling is concerned. You know, I, I, I troll wire leaders. You know, guys look at me like I'm crazy, but, dude, I get a lot. That, that bait wanders harder on a wire leader. As far as line is concerned, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty stand. I'm a, a, little, a little bit like Andy on this. On all my casting rods, 80 to 100 pound Portland spectrum. And that's it. I mean, I, I buy one. Now, when I start trolling, this is where, again, I, I go to my Ohio roots um, with, with Chad. He got me on 65-pound braids, and people are like, oh, my God, 65-pound braids? Yes, 65-pound braids. Again, oh <laughs> we're fishing smaller baits. We're fishing, you know, um, waters that have big fish. But, you know, when you downsize your line, you're getting a lot more action on that bait. And as long as you don't lock down your drag and, and you don't have a super hard tip, you're going you're gonna to contact those fish. You're going to be fine. You're going to be good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I run 65 all day when I'm trolling, all day. And I have yet to have one break off. So, there you have it. Nice. Well, now, Todd, what are you using? You're using something different than what Vance and I run. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I'm using Tiger Braid 50, 50 and 80 or what they make, and that's what I use. I like it. It's easy to pick the backlashes out of everybody's rod. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, you know, I've been using some four leaders, uh, you know, weaning them into my trolling. I don't use them for my casting. But, uh, you know, I, I put a, you know, one of those small baits on the wire, you know, the wire that I've been making for like 30 years now. You know, seven strand black coated wire, and uh, that thing got hit three times today. Changed them back to the, you know, changed a couple back to the wire. I mean, I think that wire puts off a hum. I just think they work a little different. That's just me. Everybody's into the floor of it. I like that seven strand wire. You know, you don't catch as many fish with that, right? You know that, right? You know, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I can't catch fish. If I, if, I thought I, if I thought I could catch more fish, and that's why I did it, you know, you're, you're, you're trolling. And, and I, I did it with, with Texas at, at, at Lake St. Clair with people for years where it's like you got to, uh, you, you know, you got to have them on the line, you got to have all this, you got to have the uh, fluorocarbon leaders. And uh, I did it. The one time we went for a few days and we, 18 and 18. We both had 18 fish. And I was using a big black seven strand that's outdated right now, but you know, we still caught the same amount of fish. I think I, that I, test I really is outdated. Times. What's that? <laughs> that test is outdated. It's no longer valid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, I, 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 I like wire. I like wire better for it. Yeah, it's it, and I'm I'm joking, Chris. In case you didn't know that, I was joking with Todd. Uh, he catches more <laughs> fish than anyone I know. Andy doesn't. Andy doesn't have any wire. 
No, I'm too he, poor. Andy doesn't, he, Andy doesn't even use a leader. He just, you know. <laughs> he goes bareback. He goes bareback. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah I, I noodle him. Pike Slayer. I yeah. noodle I'll just make another fat AZ when it eats it off. <laughs> It'll regenerate. Yeah. It'll wow. regenerate. <laughs> I, mean, I like wire better. I tried to do my own test and I haven't seen any significant evidence either way. So, yeah. If I thought we could catch more fish, believe me, that's what I'm in the business for to catch more fish for everybody. But, uh, haven't seen it. Nice. Well, we're at an hour and 56 minutes. This wow. two, this that two hours cool. flew by. I, I, I hate to cut it yeah. off. Things are flowing good. But, Chris, I asked you to have a story ready. I know. I've been thinking about this all day, and I, I really, <laughs> I guess I'll tell a short one real quick. It, this is, um, it involves me and, and my business partner, Matt. We were, we were fishing our first... Illinois Muskie Tournament Trail um, tournament. You know, we'd never tournament fished together before. Uh, we'd been pretty good buddies. We had fished together for like six months. And we were out at Lake Kincaid, and it was, there's a February tournament out there every year. It's the first IMTT of the year. And we got on a real good bite. I mean, we, we, we had them dialed in. We caught three fish the first day. I think there was maybe one, one other team that had like, you know, they were all singles for everyone else. Well, we went out there on day two, and we wanted to kind of, you know, put it in the bag. That's that's what we were doing. So we, we fished a couple areas. It wasn't happening. We went back to one of our primary spots. And um, I hooked into this fish. And I know it wasn't a big fish, but I still hooked it. And, you know, you got your adrenaline going. And anyone that's ever, you know, fishing those types of you know, circumstances knows exactly what I'm talking about. Especially when you're like a novice angler, right? You know? You're a new fisherman, you know, you're fishing a tournament, this is serious, you know, <laughs> oh, we got to do this, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're all jacked up on a Mountain Dew, you know? I said, look, a net, you know, give me a net. And uh, I, I kid you not, like, out of the corner of my eye, I looked back to see where Matt was, you know, like, hey, man, you get the net or what? And and I didn't see anything, you know, I just, I didn't see anything. And I didn't think much of it, but I was just like, I kept fighting this fish. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, a light bulb went out in my head, like, Bro, like, you just look back to see Matt, and Matt's no longer there. Like, where did Matt go? <laughs> he walked the plank? So, no, no, so so I'm looking, and, like, now I'm like, like it's finally hit me, you know? Like, shit, Matt is, Matt's gone. Like, so I'm like, finally it's fish, you know? It's getting closer, and I kid you not. It was just like, it's something you see, like, in the movies, you know? Like, yeah, you know, all I saw was, like, a straight rod tip just emerge out of the water, like, it was the same coin rod, and I saw the blue stick just come out of the water, slowly but surely, straight as an arrow. I mean, just, like, straight, you know? And then I just see Matt, like, Matt's eyes. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think anything else, but I'm fighting this fish, and I just see Matt's eyes peering back at me out of the back of the boat, you know, just fully emerged in the water. And I'm like, Matt, what are you doing, you know? What are you doing? Quit horsing around. Like, what, what, what are you doing? And, <laughs> Putting and it in the bag, like, man. What is going on? But like, I was just like, it's bag I was just like, stop it. Like, seriously, like, why? Why are you doing this right now? Like, seriously, man. Like, I got this fish on. We're trying to run this tournament. And I know, I mean, the water temperature is like 47 degrees. I know the guy's probably like, <laughs> died earlier, but all I can think of, I get this fish on. I'm looking back at him, 
and he can barely breathe. And I'm like, what the fuck? Get in the boat. Like, he, he, like, pulls, he throws the rod back on. He's like, he tries to explain himself. Like, before, like, saying, he's like, ah, I, uh, and then go, I'm like, just get the net. Get the net, dude. And, like, so he's stumbling. He, he about drops the rod in the water again. And so I brought the fish up. I mean, it was like a 34, 36. And, but, I mean, in a tournament, I mean, that's point. So. Yeah, I brought him up, you know, I had, I had him going in a circle, and I knew, I like, the hooks were getting, like, kind of, I was like, okay, she's shaking loose, like, this is not going to last long. So, uh, Matt, I look back, and he's just staring at me again, like, I'm like, dude, I think he's in shock, you know, like, the dude just jumped into 47 degree, you know, water. And I'm like, stick the net, and he's like, oh. okay, you know, so, like, he's back there, now he grabs the net, and he hooks. He, you know, I call it the Gunkel job. His last name's Gunkel. And he, he, when he fishes, he's got like 80 baits on a deck. So he, he, he grabs the net and manages to swipe every single bait I think the kid owned all onto the net. I mean, he lifted this thing in the air and it, it had his entire tackle box in there. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, so I, I made a decision. I made a split, uh, a game time decision. I, you know, I bass fished before and I decided that I was going to boat slip this muscle. Yep, I was I was I said that was it. So then I make one big circle and I kid you not, I flipped this muskie into the boat and wouldn't you know, like it literally slipped up, it bounced off of my council into the water and was gone. Oh my god. Normally normally like, you know, I won't I, I try to handle fish appropriately and you know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't mean the fish any any ill will. But, yeah. you know, I just, it was, it was a decision. I wasn't, you know, I know how to take care of fish. And it wasn't like I, you know, held it out of the water for 30 minutes. I was just, I tried to lift it in the boat and hit the freaking thing. And I look at, back at Matt and he's standing there just staring at me. And I was just like mad and sad at the same time. Mad and sad. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, seriously. And he's just like staring at me. And he, by that way, it's like lips are blue. He can't even talk, and he's just staring at me. And I'm like, how how much how much longer was the tournament? Oh, I dude, I ended up. I I, I literally I gave him my bins. He was just butt ass naked in my bins. <laughs> 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 I mean, he stripped down and put all you know, stripped down and put in my bins. Oh, you know, I'm fishing it now like jeans. I mean, it was cold and nasty out. And that's fishing in like a t-shirt and like bibs with no undies on. Oh my so, god! So yeah, we didn't get any other fish. Luckily, nobody caught any fish that day. It was like a brutal cold front. Uh, we ended up winning the winning the tournament. But yeah, I just remember. I remember just looking at him and just like just like did thinking that, like, what are you doing? Yelling that's at your insane. friend. Who's and, and how did he? Yeah, how did he like, fall in? Time, like. Well, like, apparently, like, he, like, when I hooked the fish, like, I think he kind of got startled and, like, freaked out, and, like, he kicked my, my St. Croix rod into the water, and rather than just giving up on it, like, he just was like, oh, there it goes, and he just did the head first deal, I guess, like, I didn't see it, but he said he just, he, <laughs> he went to grab it, and just went in, and it wasn't, like, a big kaput or anything, it was, like, it was, like, one of those Olympic divers, like when he went in, there wasn't even like a drop that came out of the water. Like they gave him 10 points because he didn't make a splash. <laughs> I mean, like perfect form. And uh, oh he God. said he, he had never felt anything like that before, which I can imagine. I mean, 47 degree water is pretty cold. Well, it hits you and like a ton you know, of bricks. It took him a few minutes to gather his wits and finally, like, we calmed down and. I'm just sitting there looking at him. I just started laughing. He was like, it's, it's, 
it's not funny. I did like, this I for like, you. That thrift yeah, friggin' St. Croix. In the water. Next time we have the fish, we'll be all right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I guess that was the, the one funny story that that's, comes to mind. So, that's, that's high stakes, man. In the tournament, you yeah. look for your net man. He's not there. He's not even in the boat. Yeah, he's, he's not even in the boat. And it doesn't raise an alarm. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, I, the sad thing was I didn't even realize that when I looked back the first time, I just, it didn't register. You know, I got so much turn on your jack, and you just look back, and it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait a second. He's, where, he's where the coming. Hell he's coming. He's, he's coming, coming, I think. He's coming. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it how you concentrated on the fish the entire time, your buddy in the in the water. Yeah. I love it. No, we had a bitch to do a countless, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. Well, that that's a good one to end this on. Uh, Chris, you want to hit your plugs? Sure, yeah. I mean, just for the folks that do take the time to listen, I wanted to, you know, say thank you. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of different media sources for them to go to, but this is a great opportunity for them to pick up some tips and tricks. A lot of knowledge is being passed in these forums, you know, on that podcast. I took time to listen to a couple. You know, a lot of people are spilling beans, and it's a great way to, to shorten the learning curve. So thank you guys for, for having me on. I truly appreciate the, the opportunity to come on and, and just tell a few fishing stories and, and talk a little bit about our product and the, and the people behind Lunch and Merz. Um, the 22 shore, we're going to have some, some great new show colors for next year. Uh, we've already been, been working on a few, a few of them have already produced some, some very nice fish. So, so stand fast to see those fish. Wait, wait for about musky season is, is weaning to an end and, and we'll start to show some of those off. Um, but the Chad Shed, you know, that, that that's going to be our, our new base for next year. Uh, it was a proven base in Ohio. It, it, it's just a, it's a great casting platform base. It's a great trolling platform base. Catch a lot of big fish. Uh, it's exciting to talk to London in general. I mean, we're growing. We're growing as a company. We've got a, a great following of, of clients. Of, we have a phenomenal pro staff. Uh, you know, our, our company is just, you know, we're doing it for the right reasons. I, and I appreciate every opportunity that we have to, to get out there and, and, and represent a, a portion of the fishing industry. You know, it, it all comes down to what folks have confidence in. And I'm just grateful that, that folks um, have confidence in our, in our line and that we can be a part of, uh, you know, making fishing memories together, you know, that, that, that we can be a part of this tackle box. So if you get a chance, stop by the shows, introduce yourself. Uh, I love that interaction. Come tell me fish stories, uh, you know, between me, Carrie, and Matt. That's, that's what keeps us going. So uh, keep the information flowing. I appreciate all the feedback we're getting on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram. Or emails, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, from the podcast that, that you felt that didn't get answered, shoot me an email uh, at info at lungeandlers.com. You know, I keep my phone on 24-7-365, so uh, I'll get back to you within a short, short time. So that's all I got. I appreciate Andy. I appreciate your time, Todd. You guys have been great fans. You guys are hilarious. I, I had a good time, and if you ever... Ever want to invite me out again? I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Now, now, hang out, hang out for a little bit. But where can they find your? Where, where, where they can, can they find Lunge and Lures? Sure. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, personally, you know, uh, we do have a website where we offer all of our products. But there's a lot of other folks in the industry that, that rely on income too. You know, we've got we're in every major uh, retailer. 
So whether it be, you know, local retail shops, please support those guys. You know, they're the ones that are grinding it out. They're the ones that, that make this industry great. So before you go on to LungeAlerts.com and buy something, see if you can find it at a local retailer. See if you can find it at one of our um, our online retailers. I mean, there's, there's in, any of the major ones, Raleigh Helen, uh, you know, Thorn Brothers, Musky Tackle Online. If you want custom colors, if that's your thing, Team Rhino Outdoors. We've got a lot of brick-and-mortar stores that we're in. You know, if, if they're off Fishing Lake Chicago, they could stop at Mike Spirit's place, you know, Chicago Outdoors, and, and take a look. We've got 22s in the shop up there. Um, you know, just any, any check the brick-and-mortar stores. You know, those are the guys that are driving it out. Uh, if you can't find them anywhere else, they could feel free to log on to LungeonList.com and, uh, and and purchase stuff from, directly from us. So, well, that's you, man, I, 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 I appreciate, uh, you know, what you do being in the military, doing what you and your wife do. And uh, that's some good stuff. You did some tours. I never, I never did anything like that. <laughs> Most Americans haven't, but uh, appreciate your service. Thank you. No, thanks, Todd. Yeah, no, Carrie and I, honestly, we love what we do. I, I love this country. I love the people in this country. And it, it's difficult. It's not an easy lifestyle. It really is. I believe it. But yeah. we love what we do. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal opportunity. I mean, just to turn on the news and see, you know, you had a hand in that, to be a part of something bigger. Um, it just it drives me, and and I love it. Carrie loves it, and we're very that fortunate awesome. that we have an opportunity. Have a, we have the opportunity to serve this great country. I know there's a lot of crap going on. There's always a lot of crap going on, but we had it really good. I mean, for the folks that traveled, you know, the world and have had opportunity to to see different countries and and, and different policies and different areas of the world, um, they realize how good we have it in this country, and and, and I'm so grateful that that we live within the prosperity and, and we can do. Um, have all the liberties that we do. So um, I, I appreciate the support. And for all the veterans that are out there, I, I too thank them for their service. Um, you know, there were a lot of generations before us that, that laid a lot of blood yeah. on the ground so we could have so great. Yep. I thank you. Nice. I'm going to... For everything. We'll, we'll end this one right there. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, good luck fishing.